We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Yes, sir. 50 years ago, I believe to the day, 50 years ago, The Godfather was released. It was released into theaters in 1972. I actually remember going to see it with my parents, believe it or not. I went to see The Godfather back in 1972. to see. Anyway, 50 years, Mario Puzo, of course, uh, I believe he wrote the book. But uh, the movie was just uh, was incredible, Marlon Brando, and uh, here we are. I thought this was an honor maybe of Frank Morano. I love it. Because of his, uh, his Staten Island roots and his connections. And I'm quite fond of The Godfather. In fact, I would venture to say I could beat just about anybody in Godfather trivia. You could be. Oh, you could beat anybody in trivia. Okay, interesting. Uh, well... Sounds like a challenge. I would concede to Frank, uh, I wave the white flag. I, I certainly could not uh, compete in that endeavor. However, this is the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, We're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And Sid Rosenberg is not here this morning. He's out in Hollywood pursuing his acting career. Joining me in studio this morning... The aforementioned Frank Morano. You heard his voice right there. Good morning. Good morning, Frankie. Uh, Frank, of course, does the overnights, the other side of midnight. He does a great, great job. The other side Thank of you. midnight on 77 WABC. Extremely talented and uh, knowledgeable is Frank Morano, and I kid you not. Uh, also joining us in studio is the esteemed congressman, a great statesman, a good friend, and colleague here at 77 WABC, Congressman Peter King. Good morning, uh, Peter. Hey, Bernie, it's great to be here. Let me tell you, every time I do this, I don't know how you've done this for so many years, getting up in the middle of the night, driving in, getting the show done. I really, I tell you, I, I, I give you credit. It's, uh, it's a pain. Uh, you know, yeah, I, listen, I love being here. It's great. You know, I think, but again, it's, to me, it's on and off to do this every day. And then, of course, in your case, you, know, you had to arrive and listen to Imus every morning. That, that had to be tough. <laughs> I'm now telling it's you. Sid. But I walk in, and there's Frank working hard, and uh, great guy, great to be with you. And, boy, you sound better than ever, meaner and tougher than ever, Bernie. You are so kind, Congressman King. But, yes, uh, driving in, and you, you uh, how, how was your driver this morning? I understand he's been ornery of late, your driver that, that takes you from, uh, well, eastern uh, Nassau County into uh, New York City yeah. every morning. How was he this morning? Well, actually, it was a she's Melissa Zimmerman. You've met she's a retired uh, Nassau County detective. Her husband is right. still active on the job. Yeah, she uh, does security for me, and she drives me in here. And she does it mainly because she enjoys being here at WABC. It's always friendly. She's a little disappointed this morning because usually this, this place is filled with food, but they have it out today because they're getting ready for the Ukrainian event. So uh, all, 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 of, all of that drunk food that we devour is all gone. And uh, instead we have Frank's egg salad or whatever that's it is right, that That's right, my Aunt Camille. It's re- very, very good. I do recommend it. It's in the refrigerator. But I, 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 now I'm certainly happy that Melissa is here, and it was great to meet her. And I love that she's such a listener to the radio station. But 
do a lot of ex-congressmen usually have security after they leave office? I know ex-presidents do, but no. I think you've got to be the first ex-congressman that I know. I know you were chair of the Homeland Security Committee, and who knows how many jihadist terrorists are targeting you right now. In fact, that's why I'm going to step a little farther away. But how, how common is that for ex-congressmen? You know, I'm actually uh, arranged this on my own, and all kidding aside, there are reasons why I have to do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It sounds like Frank was uh, you know, taking objections to the fact that uh, Congressman, you have a little uh, security or whatever. You, you okay with that, Frank? I'm okay with it, but please, okay, Melissa good. looks tougher than the three of us combined. Yeah, but uh, let me tell you, I mean, he's from Staten Island, so he always assumes the worst. I mean, you know, those guys clearly. out there. In fact, everybody in Staten Island needs security from the other guy, especially uh, when you go to a political event. If there's one if there's one <laughs> lesson from the gods, uh, it's hope for the best, but expect the worst, especially when there are oranges around. <laughs> no, no, no question about it. So, hey, listen, before we get into some of the bigger stories, the more international stories, like... You know, the war in Ukraine. Uh, uh, t- today's a big day in New York City regarding COVID because the mayor is going to announce at City Field that he's going to rescind the vaccine mandate for, get this, athletes and stage performers. Athletes and stage performers, but not not for the thousands of uh, workers in the city, not for, uh, you know, all kinds of people in the private sector, uh, firemen, uh, police officers, all these teachers who've been fired because they didn't get the vaccine, that, that all stays in place. Only the elite, only the elite can drop the mask, even the three-year-olds. Uh, I'm not sure what he's, he's going to make some sort of announcement, but uh, as of now, even three-year-olds still have to wear masks. That's uh, Eric Adams today. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Well, first of all, to me, it was the right thing to do. I mean, this is, is crazy, but uh, uh, there should be some retroactive change here because, listen, I, I, I'm not as opposed the masks as uh, some of you guys were, but to be firing people, to be firing cops and uh, firefighters, all these you know, city workers who did such a great job during the pandemic, I think the best way to clean the slate here is to, one, let, you know, let the ball players play and then retroactively go back and reimburse those guys. Uh, to, people to be getting fired, to losing pay. To, uh, to me, it was wrong. It was this overreaction. Uh, it was uh, also the fact that, listen, I had no problem in the beginning with people wearing masks, but to have kids wearing masks on and on and on, that people walking around the streets of Manhattan wearing masks, uh, have this thing with restaurants, it was really overkill to the to the max. And uh, so it, it took a something that was necessary, maybe necessary at the beginning, and then abused it so, you know, so badly it ended up uh, turning off half the city. And uh, I've never seen more irate people and parents of young kids. I mean, this has had a real psychological impact on kids. I mean, going through school is tough enough. You don't realize it at the time, but it does have a psychological... Just going through school, growing up, you know, uh, sure. learning how to fight, learning how to put up with things, learning how to, you know, the, that you're good in this subject but not in the other. Some kids are going to like you. Some are. And in addition to all that, you're wearing a mask and not even know what the other kids look like. You're going to see, I think, a damaged generation. Well, additionally, I mean, as far as masks go, I think it's a lot, about a lot more than just not knowing what the other kids look like. Uh, a lot of people have reported that there are a whole bunch of uh, children that are developing speech problems uh, because of this masking and uh, developing problems with things like reading, facial expressions, and body languages. But uh, as, as far as your question, Bernie, look, I, I share uh, the congressman's affinity for the New York Mets, and I'm thrilled that none of our unvaccinated players will be pro- prohibited from playing 
thing this year. But uh, you really have to ask yourself the question. Eric Adams really never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. This could have been a great week for him in terms of law enforcement. He's bringing back uh, the anti-crime unit. He's calling it the anti-gun unit. He apparently had a big meeting of all the top brass of the NYPD on Tuesday and said he's sick of uh, the uptick in violent crime. Go out and do something about it. It sounds like he's going to try and bring back broken windows. But the, at the same time that he's uh, hiring or allowing millionaire baseball players to play, he's not rehiring the cops and other civil servants that lost their job. And you ask yourself why. That, but that, that, exactly, That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. The double standard here, well, the, no, and, and, allowing the elite. And that's screwing the working man. I, the, the, the optics of that, that's just horrible. Additionally, right, so you can't sell Frankfurters at City Field or at Yankee Stadium unless you've been vaccinated, but you can if you're a millionaire baseball player. Now, the optics of this, and again, I, I have no problem praising Eric Adams when he does well, but the optics of this look so bad. Steve Cohen, the hedge fund manager, owner of the New York Mets, spent a whole lot of money contributing to a hedge fund uh, to a super PAC that was supportive of Eric Adams and you know who's benefiting from this it's, it's Steve Cohen who wants his players to play now is it because those Frankfurter sellers uh, and those vendors didn't contribute to a super PAC that their voice isn't getting heard in City Hall I'm not saying that but certainly the optics of it look terrible you know I can't really uh, comment on it any further because I'm not an immunologist if you know what I'm saying. That's a reference to uh, Katanji Brown saying, I can't define what a woman is because I am not a, you know, uh, I'm not a biologist or whatever the hell she said. But uh, you, I think you're right, Frank. I think you're onto something. Follow the money. Follow the money. I mean, uh, again, the working man, uh, the cops, the firemen and all that. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, it, just the elite, the, the uh, stage performers and the athletes. Yeah, I, I think you're actually onto something. And also... You know the bad publicity. Everybody was talking about Kyrie Irving in the house uh, in the in in the, you know the, the Barclays Center, and then he got fined. He got fined for going into the locker room. Meanwhile, all the other players coming out of town could play without a mask. It just stunk from high heaven. I mean, the, again, speaking of, and I hate the word, the optics, but everybody was talking about that nationally about Kyrie Irving. So. Uh, Eric Adams taking care of what what looks bad for him PR wise, and again screwing the working man. I do not like that whatsoever. But I would say this, uh, Frank Morano and uh, Congressman Peter King. He did say something the other day. This is cut fifty, Lou, that I think we can all agree on is uh, accurate and a positive for Eric Adams. Cut fifty, please. It's a crime. It's a crime. If we start saying it's all right for you to jump to turn stuff. We are creating an environment. Who can stop this thing and everything goes? It's a crime. So there you have it. It's a crime to jump the turnstiles. Now, that's refreshing. That is refreshing. He could say, oh, you know, you know it disproportionately affects black people or whatever it is, uh, is the usual woke response to something like that. No. Speaking of return to broken windows, this is part of the policy of returning to the broken windows policy, stopping these uh, fair beaters because uh, it's a small crime. But oftentimes, as you gentlemen probably would, would have opined if I'm not going to if I didn't say what I'm going to say right now, you find uh, these guys with warrants, uh, guns and all kinds of things. And so it prevents a lot of crimes. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree completely. That's one of the first things that Rudy Giuliani implemented back when he uh, came in in January of 1994. You find out that these guys often have rap sheets a mile long. They wanted they have uh, outstanding warrants for them. And also there's this whole 
tone. I mean, if you if you create a disrespect for the law at any level, it works its way up. So it's one, you're going to find bad guys, but also uh, by cracking down, you're going to, again, create this uh, image, which we have to have here in the city. If you break the law, you're going to be punished for it. But I, I also, Frank said before that how sometimes uh, Eric Adams misses the opportunity. This, to me, was his high point, them putting the anti-gun unit back on the street, but then he, there's other things, like today he's criticizing the top brass of the department because things haven't turned around. Well, he acts like he's the police commissioner anyway. So, I mean, it, it, to, to me it looks bad when a leader blames people around him when things aren't going well, especially when they're, you know, they're his appointees. And also, you know, the quote the other day uh, of being critical of John Miller and the uh, counterterrorism unit that was set up here in the city oh, yes. under Ray Kelly. I mean, how, they how did stupid. so much to save lives. So Eric Adams, to me, a leader, stands with his people. If there's going to be something that you want to change, you do it behind the scenes, and that you stand with your people all the way. A real general, a real governor, a real mayor, a good president, stand, you know, stands with his people. Like Frank Morano, I know he criticizes me, <laughs> but he does it behind closed doors. Exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't go public with it. <laughs> I, I would uh, agree with just about everything the congressman said there. Uh, but the one thing that I really do appreciate about Eric Adams is there's like a Trumpian streak to him. You know, Trump really seemed to enjoy mixing it up with his critics. And Eric Adams absolutely does the same thing. He's not like de Blasio, uh, aside from the policy differences between he and de Blasio and the much better uh, appointments that Eric Adams has made than de Blasio. Uh, de Blasio would run away from any criticism. He would defend defend any criticism. Eric Adams almost seems to embrace it. It's like when in wrestling, when a bad guy would come out, he would want the people to boo louder. That's what you get with Adams. There was a bunch of protesters, uh, progressive protesters, protesting outside City Hall the other day, and his reaction, damn, it's good to be in New York. Now, you talk about a sea change from de Blasio. Like, there were all these folks um, protesting him for appointing these supposedly anti-gay pastors. So what did he do? Yesterday, he appointed another anti-gay pastor. You show me another Democratic mayor of a major city in this country that would be doing that. I mean, it's really refreshing. kind of do like that myself. Or you can look at it as he has a penchant for uh, reveling in attention. He loves to be... uh, Oh, that's for sure. He is sort of a media whore. So attention, uh, negative or positive, uh, when they protest against him, you know, he gets a little giddy. It's a novelty at this point. Yeah, what but, you guys are saying, I agree with all of that completely, and I actually probably like Eric Adams more than uh, you do, Bernie. I mean, I've, I've known him a little bit. I got to know him. I like his style, but you can't have this thing where he's going to be blaming other people. Mm. If he's the mayor, if he's going to be out there doing the nightlife, which is fine with me, if he's the guy who wants to enjoy you know, uh, getting in fights with reporters and celebrities, that's great. But then take the heat. Don't, uh, don't just take the good part of the job and then blame the you know, the. Uh, uh, tough stuff and somebody else. But no, I think, listen, he's, he's such a, it's a welcome change. I still have a lot of hope for him. I think he's, he's on the right path. But I just, uh, something about me, uh, I don't know, maybe it's you know, the neighborhoods we grew, uh, grew up in. You don't blame somebody else when things go bad. Sure. Right. Take some personal responsibility. On the Bernie and Sid show with Frank Morano and Congressman Peter King. And uh, I'll end the Eric Adams conversation with, uh, by saying that uh, the st- statistics not good. Crime up, on, uh, up, uh, up until March 13th, I believe, was the exact day. Crime is up for a staggering 45% from last year. So uh, he just unleashed the, uh, an- these anti-crime units. By the way, uh, somewhat neutered. They have to wear, they have to identify themselves. Though they did confiscate, I, I believe, 31 guns since uh, Friday. 
But also, the New York City has the worst unemployment in the country at 7.6%, which is horrible. Uh, workers and tourists, of course, uh, workers, you know, it's all, it all boils down to crime. They're not back yet, and uh, it, it doesn't bode well necessarily for Eric Adams. As a matter of fact, the other day, I was in Manhattan. I drove home from Yorkville at about 5 o'clock, and I flew home. I couldn't believe how light right. the traffic was. Now, I know it is a, a spring break <clears throat> week, but uh, the city is not really back yet, and uh, Eric Adams has an uphill battle regarding that. Yeah, Bernie, you know, getting back to the cops, though, to me, it's not important how many guns they take off the street because there's always going to be millions of illegal guns floating around. They should get as many as they can. It's to put the fear of God into the guys who want to use the guns, to make sure they don't bring them out in the street. And that's what uh, Giuliani was able to do. Uh, and uh, uh, in the follow-up by uh, Ray Kelly also is the bad guys knew if they had a gun, the cops knew who they were, they were going to nab them, they were going to grab them, and they were going to spend five years in jail or whatever uh, – term it was going to be. So yeah. it's not just getting the guns off, but scaring the hell out of the bad guys to know they can't bring the guns out of their house. Absolutely right. Agreed a thousand percent again on the Bernie and Sid show. Hey, listen, you guys pretty much agreed on everything here. I know there's something you're going to disagree on. I believe it's the war in Ukraine. And I look forward to that conversation between Frank Morano, uh, among Frank Morano, uh, Congressman King and myself. Also, I absolutely love some of the audio that came out of yesterday's hearings for uh, Ketanji uh, Brown, the Supreme Court nominee. It was really good. It was fiery. Uh, the Republicans, of course, she's inevitably going, inevitably going to be confirmed. But uh, some of the, I mean, she's a, she's a, a critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter, 1619 Project, soft on crime, particularly uh, pedophiles, uh, child porn people. <clears throat> so there was some great audio. But anyway, we'll have a discussion. We're out of time for this segment on the Bernie and Sid Show, uh, 1-800-848-9222 is the number. We're coming right back with Frank Morano, Congressman King, and myself. Hoover and Barman suitcase Trying to find a warm place To spend the night Talk to me, brother. Heavy rain falling. Seems I hear your voice calling. It's all right. Kind of captures the mood here in New York City right now. What's going on? A rainy night in Georgia. That's right. A rainy night in Georgia. It seems like it's raining all over the world. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Also, out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And I'm joined in studio by the esteemed congressman from Long Island, the great statesman, former congressman Peter King, and also Frank Morano, who does the overnights here, the other side of midnight, with Frank Morano, the two of them in studio. Gentlemen, uh... There was this, uh, some fireworks at the hearings uh, yesterday, the hearing for this uh, Katanji Brown. I think she has a middle name, which is escaping me right now, but it doesn't matter. Uh, she is the Supreme Court nominee that Joe Biden just said he would appoint a black female. And, uh, well, that's all fine and good. But apparently, if, if you point out that he, he, he appointed her because she's a black female, you're a racist. But either way, it got, uh, it got contentious. It got ugly. 
And uh, let me give you one example here. Lindsey Graham was terrific. A play cut six, low please. In comes the Internet. On the Internet, with one click, you can receive, you can distribute tens of thousands. You can be doing this for 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Cut. Good. I understand. Absolutely good. I hope you are. To do good. Allow her to finish, please. I hope you go to jail for 50 years. If you're on the Internet trolling for images of children and sexual exploitation. So you don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a horrible that's thing. So that was Lindsay. That was just a snippet that went on for a long time. And there was plenty more where that came from. But uh, like Frank Morano and Peter King, I guess we'll start with Congressman King. Congressman King, at this point, based on uh, just this uh, light sentencing, this, this bizarre leniency for uh, pedophiles, would you, uh, would, would you vote to confirm this woman to be uh, Supreme Court not, uh, justice? No, I wouldn't, but I'm not that surprised. I mean, Joe Biden, he's the president, and you know he was going to pick someone who was woke. I mean, that's just, uh, she's probably no worse than any of the others he could have picked, uh, considering where he was going to be coming from. And this is one of the unfortunate realities of, uh, you know, elections do have consequences, and he was elected with all the people around him being progressives, being left-wingers, being part of this whole uh, woke culture. So I'm not surprised, and again, I think if he had... Five more judges to appoint. They'd all be from that ilk, from that uh, uh, that left-wing progressive part of our culture, which I think is so damaging, uh, damaging to our country. And she's going to—they're going to bring that philosophy to the Supreme Court. Oh, no doubt about it. But uh, and no, then I when would the, vote no, the answer is you I would, would vote, vote no, no. Yeah, and and right. most Republicans probably will. And but they'll they'll uh, portray it as uh, they're racist. They voted against the black woman. Uh, even though on these issues, and, and it's not just, uh, of course, the lean mentioned earlier, it's some of these other things, critical race theory, 1619 project. Frank Morano, your thoughts? Well, I, I think I differ a little bit from both of you guys here. Uh, one, if you, I have serious uh, problems with the Supreme Court in general and the role the Supreme Court has taken in American government today. I'd love to do away with life tenure, for instance, but putting that all aside, um, you, a lot the people that voted for Biden voted for him at least in part because he was going to pick nominees like this. Now, uh, this is um, going to be a solidly liberal vote who's replacing a solidly liberal vote. She's absolutely going to be confirmed. Uh, my view is whether, and I said this when there were Republican presidents and Democratic presidents, that unless someone is woefully unqualified, if a president tried to appoint his dog, for instance, uh, to the Supreme Court. That's where I think the advise and consent role of the Senate. This is uh, an Ivy Leaguer. Unlike everybody else on the court, she actually has some courtroom experience. Uh, do I disagree with many of her decisions, including on sentencing? Sure. Uh, but, uh, look, Biden is not going to pick someone that I agree with on in terms of uh, the kind of decisions that she makes. I, I think the Republicans are making a strategic mistake here politically by fighting this so tooth and nail. I think because she's going to be confirmed anyway and because it doesn't change the balance of power in the court, all this does is give Republican Senate candidates running in competitive states, like Georgia, for instance, uh, it gives sound bites to the people running against them that they're anti-female, anti-black. I, I don't see how this is a political benefit to the Republicans, especially when we know what the outcome is going to well, be. Well, I can tell you, in my opinion, is that the sentiment among the electorate nationwide, including here in New York City, 
uh, a deep blue New York City, the sentiment is for uh, uh, harsher penalties for criminals. And to highlight the fact that this woman is, uh, to use your word, woefully soft on crime, I mean, that in itself, that's an ad for the Republicans come November. Even their Supreme Court nominees, they let uh, a pedophile who the, the sentence was recommended uh, 10 years he was sending images, I believe, of, uh, well, either way, uh, some 18-year-old. Uh, the recommendation was 10 years. She gave months, and she apologized for it. So they can make some ads themselves. It can go the other way, but uh, your point of view is, uh, is a well-taken, yeah, Frank Morano. Yeah, yes. Bernie, on that, ordinarily, I would say if this was 10 or 20 years ago, I would have agreed with Frank Morano. I don't think the role of the Senate, historically, has been to uh, be uh, looking at the philosophy of the judge Basically, a president has has the right to nominate someone who he feels suits his uh, philosophical view, and if that person is qualified, I I would have voted. Like I, I would have voted probably for Sotomayor and others. Right, but, Ted Kennedy voted to confirm Scalia. For Scalia, instance. yeah, I was eighty six to nothing, whatever. Yes, it was. But, but having said that, because of what they've done over the last several years, going back whether it's Clarence Thomas, whether it's uh, Brett Kavanaugh, how yeah, the Democrats. Bork. Bork, and how they've also blocked so many judges in the Senate. To me, it's almost uh, either, either we make a compromise or I, I, I would vote no on all these because that's what the Democrats have done. And uh, it's not that because you're bad, I'm going to be bad. It's we have to somehow try to even the score here. Uh, and uh, so Frank, uh, I think, philosophically is right. But just in view of what's happened over the last several years, I think Republicans have to fight back until we can work something out. Well, and and uh, make no mistake, I thought especially what uh, then-Senator Kamala Harris and Senator Cory Booker did during the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. hearings was just atrocious, and I think there's no excuse for that. But I don't think it's a, a benefit for the, the, the Republican Party or a benefit for America to have kind of Republicans play that same sort of thing. But I'll just say, uh, to me, this is another case in point why life tenure for the Supreme Court is unwise. I would give them a 15-year fixed term, let them get paid for life, but uh, because these folks are going to be on the bench for 30, 40, 50 years nullifying laws uh, passed by democratically elected elected officials like Peter King, then uh, the stakes are so high. So all the groups, all the special interests, and all the congressmen, or excuse me, the senators, they all put so much into this fight because it's deciding the next 40, 50 years. The Supreme Court shouldn't be this important well, yeah, that, that, and historically it hasn't been that that's a, an excellent point but an, another conversation essentially i would posit that for what the senators did the last couple of days they were just being the loyal opposition they were asking legit questions they weren't bringing in uh you know the, the uh, future convicted felons like michael avenatti with these spurious allegations of rape against brett Kavanaugh. they were asking her about her sentencing guideline uh, about uh, sentencing mentality and uh, essentially that they didn't really get much into the uh, critical race theory, though they did, did ask some questions. But they're legit questions as opposed to what the Democrats did. So, I mean, if they just sat there and twiddled their thumbs and said, you know what, uh, you're going to be confirmed inevitably, so uh, we're not going to ask you any tough questions. I, I don't see how that could have possibly have happened. Politically, so, look, we know the res- what the result is going to be here, right? Uh, so politically, I think there's only two things that could hurt the Republicans in the upcoming midterm elections. One is if more states pass what Texas did with that uh, that abortion-style uh, law. I think that could turn off swing voters, and I think this has the potential to turn off swing voters in purple states like Georgia uh, that have uh, sen- that are electing senators this well, year. Well, seeing how it's the Bernie and Sitch, I'll get the last word. Fair I enough. think it'll actually 
turn on voters. Yeah, but Frank, have you outnumbered two to one? Does that matter? That's right. <laughs> if they highlight, again, another anti-crime Democrat in, right. in the form of uh, a Supreme Court justice, I think that hurts the Democrats. But either way, one 800 is the number on the Bernie and Sitcha with Frank Morano and the Congressman Peter King. Sit is out pursuing an acting career. We have much more to come. Uh, so much in, in the news. The war, the summit started, the, the imbecile-in-chief is now in the NATO summit out in Brussels. Uh, I think Frank and Congressman King differ on the war. We'll, we'll see. We'll come up. Uh, you're trying to stir it up here. I, know I am. What you're doing. I am. I, I, I know ex- <laughs> you know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and we're going to come right back with that here on the Bernie and Sit Show. Oh, the clip of the day, traffic and sports is coming up next. But right now it is time for that 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to On the Border with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, Bo talks Biden and the border. Not even the DACA problem has been addressed. They've done nothing in terms of illegal immigration except continue to posture. So if progressive groups and illegal immigrant advocacy groups get a hold of this and they say, look, these guys are full of it, they're not doing anything, this could be an election issue. If they don't continue these deportations and the numbers surge and we come into another photo op of people surging into the United States, the voters are not going to forget that either. The Biden administration is risking their political fortunes in the midterm election. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, not Sid again today, but Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Your new your New York Knickerbockers bounced back last night in Charlotte with a one twenty one to one hundred six victory over the Hornets. R.J. Barrett continues to carry this team with another thirty point performance in his thirty eight minutes of time. Obi Toppin did his part as well with eighteen points of his own as the Knicks take the win into an off day today before heading to Miami to battle the Heat tomorrow night. As for the Nets, well, they weren't so lucky in Memphis as they simply get beat by a better team in the Grizzlies. Despite Kyrie Irving's 43 points for Brooklyn and Kevin Durant pouring in 35 to his name, the Grizzlies were not phased as they'd hold a first-quarter lead from wire to wire to hand the Nets a 132-120 to loss. Brooklyn will go on hiatus here until Saturday night when they're set to tip it off with the aforementioned heat in Miami. To the ice we go now, as just the Devils were in action last night in Toronto to face off with the Maple Leafs. Two squads would uh, take a 2-2 tie deep into the third frame when Toronto's Pierre and Val buried a shorthanded goal to put the Leafs ahead for good. 3-2 is your final from Toronto, as up next for the Devs is a trip to the nation's capital for a bout with the Capitals. Reassuring news for New York sports fans everywhere, as Mayor Eric Adams is set to lift the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on athletes when he speaks on the matter later on this morning from City Field. This will pave the way for Nets star Kyrie Irving to play in the Barclays Center as early as Sunday, and for unvaccinated Yankees and Mets players to play in their home openers coming up in early April. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. You know I got it. Little respect. Everybody wants a little respect. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app and not on Long Island, Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. 
I'm joined in studio by two very smart men, uh, Frank Morano. He does the overnights. Call, uh, the show is called uh, The Other Side of Midnight. Excuse me, The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Also, Congressman Peter King, the esteemed statesman from Long Island, joins us this morning. Sid is out in Hollywood pursuing an acting career. And, uh, gentlemen, just one more thing before we move on uh, regarding yesterday's hearings, which everybody has been talking about. This is uh, Marsha Blackburn. This is from today's cut list number 10, Lou. Uh, Marsha Blackburn. Uh, where she she asks uh, she asked Katanji Brown a simple seemingly simple question. Uh, let's listen to what that was. Do you agree that our schools should teach children that they can choose their gender, Senator? I'm not um, remembering exactly what quote you're um, referencing. I'm asking, do you agree that schools should teach children that they can choose their gender, Senator? I'm not making comments about All right. what schools can teach. Okay, that followed uh, this. This now, you're right, Lou, cut 11. That followed this one. This one was the one that got everybody's attention. Please play that uh, cut 11. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist. She couldn't. Now, Joe Biden pledged to appoint a woman. How does he know she's a woman? She should have, first of all, somebody should have followed up and said, uh, can you give me the, de- well, tell me the definition of a biologist or something. Or are you a woman? What makes you a woman? Uh, you know, anything. I don't know why Marsha Blackburn didn't do that, but uh, that was a ridiculous answer. And that could be another soundbite for the Republicans because, Obviously, that goes back to uh, the whole transgender issue, you know, uh, whether or not uh, you're born a woman, you know, can a man segue or transition into a woman and become some sort of uh, star swimmer, star athlete, and start robbing girls of scholarships. That also can be used against them. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that? Yeah, Bernie, I think it shows how decadent we've become as a society that issues like this even have to be discussed. And uh, as far as being man or woman, I, I know there are universities in this country where students have the right from day to day to change their pronouns, whether they feel they're a man or a woman that day or transgender that day. So the fact that we've gone this far, listen, there's one thing about being tolerant. I have no problem with that at all. People are who they are, fine. But the fact that we have to uh, it can't even take a stand about whether a person is a man or a woman, uh, it just, again, shows how woke we've become, how afraid of reality people are, and the fact that, you know, you, you can have young kids. Listen, you know, uh, I'm lucky, you're lucky, our, our kids are grown. But imagine if you had a five- or six-year-old kid, even like my granddaughter's 13. She's down in North Carolina. Her first day in school this year, she had to give her pronouns. And she's 13. Can you imagine if you're five mm. or six That's having to go outrage. through all that? God. An outrage, uh, right, Frank Morano? Well, look, it's not how I would have answered the question, but I I think, um, you know, based on what the congressman is saying, how so much of gender these days has come to be defined not by science, but by self-identification. The fact that his granddaughter is being asked, um, you know, what are your pronouns, it shows that this isn't your, you know, uh, 1990s era gender description. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of other definitions of the word woman than uh, than the than the biological or scientific one. That being said, 
I I am so sick of these hearings, and really this is everything post-Bork, where you have some of the most opinionated people in the world who've spent 30, 40 years forming opinions on everything, and then they go before the Senate and pretend that they don't have opinions on anything. I, I find these hearings to be a, a total joke, completely disingenuous on the part of the nominees, and I think on the part of a lot of the senators, they use it as an opportunity to get uh, sound bites. It's a grandstand. Uh, to, it's a grandstand well, on to, both their sides. to their yeah. base. Oh, 100%. Uh, of course. Uh, absolutely. You saw that with uh, Cory Booker uh, yesterday, and especially during the Kavanaugh hearing. By the way, Sid, uh, Bernie, did you see Cindy Adams' column today? I did not. Uh, so you are prominently mentioned, but not nearly as prominently as your partner, Sid Rosenberg. This is what it says. Early, early mornings with Sid, right? Okay, and then it begins, Bernie and Sid, radio's biggest and hottest, have dominated WABC's 6 to 10 a.m. since Lincoln was clean-shaven. Uh-huh. And then it says, all civilization listens to them. And, uh, by the way, I saw the most recent ratings. Congratulations. She's not far off. Thank you. And then it, it quotes Sid Rosenberg, Starting when I was a young guy on WNEWFM, then came an opening to work with Don Imus. I said, you're crazy. He's miserable. He'll hate me. They said, true. So I said, okay. 2005, I got fired. And his producer, Bernard McGurk, and I joined forces on WABC. Maybe not everyone loves me because I don't lie or beat around the bush. Some people get scared when I tell it like it is. Our show, like some freewheeling others, has a delay. Others, seven to ten seconds. Mine's a minute. It's not a careful program. This sexual innuendo, Brooklyn tough guy words you usually don't hear on other, other shows. But I'm allowed. I rarely get into trouble. And I don't pre-write questions. There's no script. Everything off the cuff makes me seem more brilliant. Now, this is then what Cindy asked. <laughs> oh, I not seem brilliant. I can tell you that. That's funny. <laughs> you got to work on that one a little bit. Further. I will. I, I'm just, I, I'm like, but you were close. They, now, then, this is the best. Cindy Adams adds this. I'm taking his word for that. Then, assuming he has sex, which knowing him, I probably doubt, what's his bedtime? And then he says, go to sleep around 9. The alarm is set at 345, at the office 445. Start prepping by 5. Hit the air, 605 sharp. And this is my favorite part. I make my own coffee at home. My driver is the same cabbie outside every morning at 4.30. He drives me 15 minutes to the office as we talk and I have my coffee. I I love Sid, but why would he feel the need to mention that he makes his own coffee at home? Who else would Uh, make it for him? Yeah, I guess uh, get the wife out of bed and, uh, you know... Get that coffee heated up. I got to go to work. No, not, not hardly. His wife is not that type whatsoever. But uh, you ask valid questions, Frank. But the, uh, that's good to hear that we're in Cindy Adams' column. Absolutely. It's that's a great se- column. People should seems, check it out. That seems I- like a lot for Cindy Adams. She usually does these little blurbs. Uh, yeah, this is the biggest item she has to it. If people haven't seen it, I just linked to it uh, on my Facebook page, Facebook.com. I was on the show last week, and I said that I'd been awake. Uh, I, I didn't wake for a uh, wife of a good friend of mine. And people come up to me, two in particular. One woman said, why do I have to know that uh, Sid Rosenberg shaves all the hair on his body? Why do I know everything? <laughs> and then other guys were saying, you know, uh, Bernie's the best. He's a tough fighter. Nobody's even worried about you, Bernie. They know you're going to win this 15-round fight. So really, I mean, there are different personalities you That's guys right. strike. That's right. Sid, everyone knows every detail of his life, including making coffee at 3.45 yeah. <laughs> in the morning. And all they know about Bernie is that he, he can't beat up. Bernie and that Bernie is a tough guy. 
Uh, that's funny. That is funny right there. Cindy Adams on the Bernie and Sid Show and Sid Rosenberg making his coffee. Hey, gentlemen, before we wrap up here, I, I did promo the fact that, uh, well, Joe Biden is in Brussels right now. The imbecile in chief is uh, doing something, stumbling around, uh, embarrassing the United States, no doubt. But the Ukraine war rages on. Uh, Putin really essentially has lost. I mean, he didn't take over in three days. It's been a failure. People are dying left and right. Instead of escalating, I think we should be uh, focusing on diplomacy right now. Uh, Frank Morano, I think you agree with uh, that sentiment. Uh, Congressman King, I think you, you're more of the opinion that maybe we should be sending more arms. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, I, listen, uh, your diplomacy is always important, but you have to, to me, the only way you're going to get Putin to talk diplomacy is to convince him that this could be a long, hard war if, if he doesn't. Otherwise, he's going to continue bombing away. He has nothing to lose by that unless he knows. For instance, the Ukrainian Air Force is actually doing a very decent job. So the story in the New York Times yesterday, how they are shooting Russian planes out of the air. They're winning these dogfights. They need more planes. And listen, nobody wants a war to go on, but I just, I'm afraid that if you just say, okay, the fighting stops and everyone stays in place, well, you know, the Russian troops will still be there. Uh, Russia will still be a very aggressive neighbor. And when the attention of the world goes elsewhere, uh, Russia will be in place. And the next time this happens, Countries like Germany and others, because by then, Russia will have built back up its energy, gas reserves are going to be more powerful than ever economically, and I think NATO will become fractured. That's all. I don't want this to become another Munich, but nobody wants war, my God. But no. I just don't see how Putin right now, unless I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, unless Putin is really willing to talk and negotiate. I, I think Zelensky is, the way he's talking, he's already offering things as far as NATO and others, but... Uh, you have to have some guarantees that Russia's not going to move back in tomorrow when, you know, once the uh, attention's off. I, I, no, I don't disagree. And I, I think in part because of the success that the Ukrainians have had, Putin probably would be willing to come to the table diplomatically. And right. if you look at the things Zelensky is saying, they're not that different from what Putin has apparently told the Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett of what he's looking to settle for. By the now, way, he's been looking for those things from day one, right. for forever. Well, so we know how this is going to end, right? We, we, we know that Crimea is still going to be a part of Russia. We know that the Donbass republics are not going to be a part of Ukraine. I can't imagine a scenario uh, in which Ukraine joins NATO. So the question is, do we find a way to get there diplomatically now and stop the bloodshed and stop the uh, stranglehold that this war has on world energy markets, or do we have millions more people lose their home and thousands more people die? I wish Biden would um, help in the mediation process like Naftali Bennett is and try to get to a place where we, we get to that result diplomatically rather than uh, through this, this war stalemate. Well, in fairness, I, mean, I think we are. I, I, I have no great uh, comments in Biden per se, but I do know that our, far, that our diplomats are talking with Russian diplomats every day, continually, that our NATO allies are in conversation, certainly Macron is, uh, Johnson is, others. So uh, uh, diplomacy is going on. Obviously, the attention of the world is on the uh, military part. And I don't think they've seen any real, uh, again, I, I know Putin is supposedly saying things to Bennett, but behind the scenes, if there was even a chance, I think, of a diplomatic breakthrough, you would see it. Nobody has the interest in keeping this war going. And it has to be not just that, that every Russian troop has to be out 
of Ukraine has to be some guarantee they can't move in six months from now or, or a year from now. Speaking of diplomacy, uh, I know that you worked uh, at least one step removed with Madeleine Albright on that war in Yugoslavia. Um, are you are you sad to see her passing? Yeah, she was really – it was a privilege to work with her. you think he's going to say no? No, no. I mean, no, Madeleine Albright – in fact, the last time I was with her was in 2015 – Bill Clinton invited me and Madeleine Albright to travel with him to uh, Sarajevo. That was the 20th anniversary of the U.S. getting involved in Sarajevo, in, in, in Bosnia. And, you know, that was a war that was going on. Europeans could do nothing about it. Once the U.S. got involved, within weeks, literally, within weeks of getting involved, that was ended and peace was brought about. Madeleine Albright was a key component of that. And, again, the last time I was with her, we spent uh, three days in Bosnia back in 2015. It was a privilege being with her. She was a real patriot, a tough woman, and again, a very good person to be with, and one of the stronger people in the Clinton administration. Yeah, she was a, a distinguished woman, uh, of course, on the other side, but uh, Madeleine Albright, uh, she lived to be 87 years old, God bless her, and uh, we used to call her on the I Miss the Morning Show, and uh, Secretary of State Aunt B, because she had that look, the likable look, in, in an endearing way, we called her that, but... I see the obituaries this morning. They say the first female secretary, first woman secretary of state, and these these obituary these obituaries, excuse me, must be was must have been written by biologists. If I can get the joke out, <laughs> uh, thank you for laughing, Frank Morano. Listen, Frank, you're going to exit the, the studio now. We th- thank you for your time here. Thanks for putting up with me for an extra hour, Bernie. And uh, uh, it's great to be working with you this week. I hope you uh, continue to stay strong, and you have a lot of people praying for you all over the country. You're very kind, Frank Morano. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, so uh, thanks very much, Frank Morano, Congressman King, in studio on the Bernie and Sid show. We'll be right back. Brand new bag. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Sydney is out pursuing an acting career. Joining me in studio for the rest of the morning is the esteemed Congressman Peter King. Great, great statesman from Long Island. And uh, Peter King, I would imagine it was a rough commute for you coming in with the rain, the driving rain. and uh, But you made it. Yeah, I made it. And I tell you, I give you credit for doing it all, uh, uh, all, all these years. It's, uh, I, I'm amazed, though, at the number of cars you see on the road that early in the morning. Uh, again, the city isn't populated the way it used to be. But I'm wondering if more people are driving than taking the train. I, I mean, yesterday, in the middle of the day, I drove past the uh, uh, Seaford Long Island Railroad Station, the south part of it, which usually you had to get, if you're lucky, you got a parking spot at the far, far end of the parking lot. It was totally empty. So maybe people don't want to be going to Penn Station, don't want to be taking the subways. Right. Obviously, a lot of people are not back in the city, but still, I'm, I'm surprised at the number of cars that are on the uh, uh, roads that early now. Again, in my case, Melissa Zimmerman, she was doing the driving. I was able to sit back and pontificate and text back and forth with you. And act like I'm some kind of a statesman that you say I am. So well, yeah, I, I would big, live up to that role, you know. You're a big shot. You're sitting in the back. No, no, not just sitting. Not, not sitting in the front. I, I, I can never understand oh, the really? guys just sitting in the back. Yeah, come on. That's, uh, you know. Oh, that's not the, 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 the king style. King from, uh, what was it? Sunnyside. Queens. Sunnyside, Queens. Sunnyside, no, yeah. not at all. That's not. You are the uh, blue-collar working man, the, the voice 
of the regular Joe, uh, Congressman King. I can't see you sitting in the back either. But to your point about the traffic and about people not, uh, you know, wanting to go to Penn Station and all, uh, the traffic is heavy at that time. And I've been surprised, when, you know, when, when I drive in at how heavy it is. But as I mentioned earlier, I drove home the other day yeah. at 5 o'clock and I flew home. There was really the traffic was very, very light. But part of the explanation, I guess, is that, uh, well, uh, you know, the crime. Crime is up 45%. People know it. And uh, in addition to that, and not unrelated, unemployment is 7.6% in New York City, which is, is twice the national average, 7.6%, because, uh, you know, workers don't want to come into the city. Uh, tourists don't want to come into the city. And, uh, well, it's just, just not, not good yet. Maybe Eric Adams is getting his stuff together. And he'll pull it all together soon. We still have to give him some more time. But right now, its uh, I don't think it's looking good. I mean, you hear all these stories about these horrible, horrific crimes out there. And by the way, uh, Congressman King, I, I don't know if I, I didn't speak to you about this yesterday when uh, we interviewed you, but uh, uh, my, myself and John Katsimatidis, but Kathy Hochul's new, uh, these reforms on the no-cash bail law, that she's tweaking. Do you realize that uh, they only cover crimes that are committed with a gun? In other words, any of these guys, like the guy with the, that shoved the, the, the poop in, in the face of the lady on the subway station, or the guy who sucker punches, punches a nine-year-old right. girl outside the Plaza Hotel, none of what she's proposing affects those crimes at all. Judges still will not have discretion against those people in the commission of a crime that's uh, that where a gun is not involved. Do you realize that? Yeah, and I'm re- realizing as each day goes by, you learn that the uh, the you know proposals are weaker than we thought. And I w- wonder how serious she is even about that, because now you have you know the progressives attacking any change at all. You know they're going after her and they're going to attack her. Is she going to stand up to that, or does she do this just to put enough out there to get a headline for herself and somehow bring back you know, moderates and uh, conservatives? To her and uh, listen, uh, I, I I knew Kathy in uh, Congress when she came in. I was actually looking forward to the change. I thought she would be uh, a middle of the road Democrat. I mean, not conservative enough for you or for me, but still uh, a, a, in that uh, normal range. Sure. Instead, she's gone even to the further to the left in Cuomo, and I don't, I don't know what she believes. I mean, she came in fully, fully supporting all of these, uh, you know, these terrible bail reform laws, and then suddenly she gets a few bad stories, then she says she wants to reform it, but then when you look at it, it's really not that uh, good at all. So uh, she's sending really, really mixed signals out there, and uh, to me, she doesn't know who she is yet, and doing that, to me, if you don't know who you are when the city is being overrun with crime, I mean, this is a time, you know, you know for leadership. You can always, in politics finesse about a highway project or even a tax cut or a small tax increase. You can sort of play with numbers. Okay, that's maybe part of the game. Right or wrong, that's part of the game. When it comes to crime, to me, that's where politics should be gone. There's no room for politics there. When you're talking about people that can't uh, walk down the street at night, people afraid to get off the train at Penn Station, people afraid to have their kids go to the candy store because they may get shot with a straight bullet. I mean, this is... This is, we cannot have this. Of all the nope. issues, to me, there's nothing more important than to feel safe in your neighborhood, in your community, in your home, and safe going back and forth to work and sending your kids down in the park or the playground knowing they're going to be safe. Everything else, you can work around. You can't work around that. That to me is it's, it's, right. it's yes exactly or no, it's right. right or wrong. Yeah, they used to say it's the economy, stupid, but really it is uh, your security, stupid, and the economy, second, because if you 
I mean, if you can't cross the street to get to the store, you're going to get killed on the way. What good is the economy? You're, you're absolutely right. But my, my take on Kathy Hochul is she's been around for a long time. She's not a novice. Uh, she is the governor of New York as we speak. She yeah. was the lieutenant governor. One of her first moves uh, when Cuomo was removed, her first move was to uh, appoint as lieutenant governor an yep. ardent supporter of Black Lives Matter, a, a, a supporter of critical race theory, this guy uh, Benjamin. Totally anti-cop. Anti yes, exactly. Before. So that was one of her first moves. So that she, so to me, uh, her, 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 she, she is essentially a Chuck Schumer-like coward, spineless, afraid of the progressive left that she's going uh, to get uh, challenged in uh, June from the left. In, in other words, throwing the electorate, uh, her, the people she represents, under the bus for the sake of political expediency. That, to me, is despicable, and that's why I really I, I dislike her. I really, really dislike her. She's a wolf in uh, she's a sheep in wolf's clothing. Excuse me. She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> she, looks ha she looks like a nice old grandma or something like that. But she's very dangerous by not showing some courage and tackling, really tackling this no-cash bail law. Yeah, she should go at it. Uh, to me, there's, there's no room for even debate here. Listen, I believe in free speech, open debate. On issues like this, though, it's so clear-cut. And what she's doing, to me, is just totally ir irresponsible. This is when you need Democrats like you, Kerry, Ed Koch. You can disagree with them on different issues, but you knew that on, on, on the gut-cutting issues, they were going to be there. They were going to do what had to be done, and they'd fight it out on other issues. But when it comes to life and death, when it comes to safety in the streets, I mean, again, you're talking about your kids, or you're talking about your parents, you're talking about friends that thought that you're you know, going down to buy a container of milk, you're going to get mugged, uh, or you're going to be a Penn Station, and you're going to have... Uh, you know, guys shooting up there, then somebody else is suddenly come, you know, come over and sucker punch you, throw you on the tracks. I mean, I don't recall anyone being thrown on the tracks for years. I'm sure it probably happened sometime. Then it seemed like it was happening every week yeah. now. And I, I was talking to my son. He's, uh, he's lived in Manhattan now 15 years, and he thought I was talking about ancient history when I used to talk to him how bad it was in the 70s and 80s. And now he's like stepping over homeless people. He's had three or four bad experiences on the train. Four people try to bug him one night. And he lives in a really, you know, nice section. He, he, he thought he was living fat, dumb, and happy there. And now he, it's every day becomes an adventure. It's a, a, a bad adventure. A bad adventure, yeah. indeed, yes. Uh, no question. So, uh, so uh, uh, Kathy Hoke, a little real disappointment. Uh, she was booed at the Ranger game. And, uh, I mean, it, it quite, it, you know, to uh, tweak this to no cash bail like she's doing is an insult. Uh, so listen. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, we're at well, we're not at war with Russia. A lot of the a lot of people want to see us at war with Russia. I think a lot of people don't. But either way, there's their foreign minister is a guy named Sergey Lavrov. You right. know this guy, right? Yep. I he's know real, he is. Yeah. He's a real character. He's a wise guy. He's a wise ass, is what he is. A Sergey Lavrov. You know, he did an interview with uh, Christine Amanpour from uh, CNN. Right. I believe maybe she was working for PBS at the time, but. Uh, she, uh, Christine Ammon, it's, it's a, uh, it was a rock band called Pussy Riot, right. all female rock band called Pussy Riot. Believe it or not, Amon Poor brought it up with uh, Sergey Lavrov in, during the election in 2016, and I thought it was amusing. I thought his response was amusing. Uh, please play that clip, Louis. Russia had its own Pussy Riot moment. What do you think of Donald Trump's Pussy Riot moment? Well, uh, I don't know whether this would. I English is not my mother tongue. I don't know whether I would, be, uh, I, I would sound uh, decent. There are so many pussies around your presidential campaign on both sides that I <laughs> prefer not to comment about this. 
I feel not to comment. So many pussies <laughs> around your president. I just thought that was amusing, and uh, and I, so, so I shared it with you. Uh, that's Sergey Lavrov, and now, uh, of course, he's part of this uh, genocidal killing machine right now. That's despicable. Uh, but uh, I, I would think guys like him, though. Listen, you're not going to find many good people. I'm not talking about that. But people who want to survive, and I think they may believe. <coughs> that, <coughs> Excuse me. Now that Putin is really driving them in, in, into the basement. I mean, what what is the military going to be like? What's their economy going to be like? And these guys are survivors. And right now, I think they see Putin dragging them all down. I I'm hoping, and I hope also I'll say this that our intelligence people are working with theirs over there to say, listen, we can start the fight again a few months from now, a, a, a diplomatic fight. We can start a economic wars, but we got to end this this crazy aggression going on. And ease Putin out. I mean, Russia has done it before. And I think this is the time to do it. Get the military leaders together, the intelligence leaders together, all those crooked oligarchs who uh, you know, run the risk of losing their money. And ease Putin out. He has done absolutely no good for them at all, no matter how you look at it. Uh, there's, there's no way that they win this. Uh, the military must be furious, I mean, to see how they're yeah. being depleted. And then the intelligence people, he's blaming them publicly uh, I, listen, I think he could be setting himself up for a coup. I hope it happens, and to the extent we can encourage it, we should. Absolutely, absolutely. The saddest part about it all is that this all could have been avoided. The troops, the tanks, they were amassing for months. We knew about it. Uh, the Biden administration was saying with uh, certainty that uh, Putin's going to invade the Ukraine. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And sure enough, he did it. Why didn't they get, if they wanted to get, get the arms to them early, uh, why didn't they pursue these diplomatic negotiations early on when it mattered? If and, and why didn't he em, employ these sanctions a lot uh, early when the troops were amassing? I mean, there was no the, the satellite images showed the troops there. Why did he wait? We could have easily could have deterred this. Uh, Joe Biden could have, and it's a colossal failure on his part that he didn't. Uh, to the point where uh, you just mentioned. The army, uh, the Russian army has been exposed as a paper tiger. I mean, we thought it was some sort of fierce fighting machine. They could, they was expected to take over the Ukraine in, what, two, three, four, five days? The most, the most, yeah. yeah. exactly right. And uh, now we learn that the, uh, the uh, casualties, they've lost dead 7,000 to 15,000. 7,000 is a conservative number, anywhere up to 15,000. So, yeah, there's a lot of unrest. The, the, the Russian army doesn't want to be there. Their kids, they were, there was a report that these uh, uh, soldiers are actually shooting themselves uh, be, so as, as to not have to engage in battle with these fierce, highly motivated Ukraine resistance fighters and the army there. Uh, so now the time is ripe to give uh, Putin uh, some sort of, as they say, a diplomatic off-ramp. Uh, Sergei Lavrov, excuse me, not Sergei, uh, Zelensky's already said, that uh, we don't want to be part of NATO. Okay, you got that. Uh, we'll, we will recognize Crimea. And the Donbass, we can allow that the particular part of the country to be independent. And that's what Putin's been asking for. He knows now, uh, again, it's not analogous to Hitler in 1939, 38, where well, if, you, if you give him this, he's still going to go take something else. He, he can't do it now. Again, the army has been exposed as a paper tiger. He's not going to invade Poland. He's not going to invade the Baltic states to incur the wrath of uh, NATO and the United States. He can't. We would crush him. He doesn't have the force, the, the fighting force to do it. So that's why I say... Uh, yeah, yeah, Bernie, I'm sure we are pursuing the diplomacy. And- 
Putin said that was all he wanted, but I still think he wants all of uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, he probably could have gotten a lot of – that's all he wanted up front, he could have gotten it. But I think they felt that whatever he gets, he was going to get more. And I don't know if he's willing to withdraw now on, on, at, at this time. I think whether it's ego, whether it's just a maniacal urge. And if he does uh, stop now and he leaves any troops there at all – and he does say, let's say six months or eight months from now, that he that he is going to go into Latvia to protect the Russian people there. And if we stop him, he's going to use nuclear weapons. I still think he's a threat. I don't diminish it the way you do, uh, because I think that, again, once the dust settles, if he has any leverage left in Ukraine, he will then use that later on for, uh, again to try and re- restore that Russian empire bit by bit. And all he has to do is say, I'm going to use... Uh, Nuclear weapons, and people say, oh, we can't antagonize them. We can't have World War III. So I think he has to be really somehow stopped and in a way that people know he was stopped and I think removed from office. Well, I do agree that he's a danger in that uh, he's a cornered rat. He's old. And, uh, yeah, he's capable of doing anything. But uh, hopefully these uh, diplomatic negotiations can yeah. end the suffering because innocent women and children and men, are dying daily, and it's horrific. It's, it must be traumatizing to all our collective psyches to be watching this every single day. World War II uh, occurring, really, essentially, uh, on our screens, on our TV screens in 2022, the, the, on a scale like that, anyway, the death and the suffering, the killing, et cetera, et cetera. And also the refugees. When you just think of that, it was it two, three million people leaving their homes. That would be... I guess the equivalent of, what, 30 or 40 million Americans having to move and leave everything behind. I mean, just think if you were to leave everything behind in Lido, Point Lookout, uh, Long Beach, if I'd leave everything behind in Seaford, yeah. and maybe never see it again. I mean, oh. all the family heirlooms, treasures, apart from uh, just everything, all, all, you know, all the memories, and suddenly you're walking with your uh, uh, you know, backpack on, walking yeah. into Poland or uh, Romania or something. It's terrible. Just disgusting, gross. So uh, here on the Bernie and Sid Show with Congressman Peter King, so much more to talk about, so much more to tackle. Uh, the Disney, uh, Disney employees are threatening more strikes because the don't say gay bill. Disney apparently, oh, Disney yeah. condemned it, but uh, these people are saying, oh, they didn't do it fast enough. You have that. We had the heated hearings yesterday in Washington, D.C. Uh, regarding the Supreme Court nominee, Katanji Brown. Some great audio from that, folks. If you missed it while you were working during the day, we're going to play some of that. And uh, Eric Adams today is going to announce that the vaccine mandates uh, don't apply to athletes and stage actors. However, the working man, kids under five, put that mask on, shut up and obey. But the elites, they get a pass. 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show with Peter King. If you have- accident trust gabo law personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time gabo law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you but don't take our word for it read their five-star reviews from former clients on google avo and facebook call gabo law today 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I am thinking about my personal philosophy. I hope you have one. 
because it's important. Now, mine is very simple because I am a simple man. Ready? Do a you will do. Again, do what you say you will do. So why have I adopted that? First, it shows that you are a person of your word. If you say, I'll call you for lunch, then call the person for lunch. Second, it takes discipline to say you're going to do something and then do it. And discipline is good. And third, it shows character. It shows reliability. Even subliminally, people will respect you more if you live up to what you say, right? Now, we all know folks who are, well, uh, BSers. Can I say that on the radio? Well, I just did. Do you respect those kind of people? Folks who say things they don't mean? Who cancel at the last minute? Who inconvenience you and others? Do you respect those people? I do not. Do what you say you will do. And you know what? You'll feel better about it because you will separate yourself from the people who are questionable. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Love this song. Good fellas. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, man. Yes, we are heard here on the Bernie and Sid Show on the 77 WABC app out on Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And a lot to get to. The hearings were great yesterday. I mean, they were fiery. I love some of the, uh, well, the grandstanding. I, I actually enjoyed it. They made some very, very good points, and uh, it was enjoyable to watch. I know a lot of people work, so I'll play, we'll play some clips and uh, discuss with Congressman Peter King, who is in studio in Sid Rosenberg's stead. Uh, Congressman King, I understand we have online a distinguished guest, uh, Congressman. He is a... Uh, I believe, a restaurateur. Why don't you set us up with uh, our guest on the line? Yeah, sure, Bernie. Uh, Dave Crow is the American dream. He came over here as an uh, Irish immigrant, didn't have a penny to his name, even though he said he had 10 bucks. I don't know. But that, if he did, that's a lot. He's had seven or eight different restaurants and pubs he's opened up around Long Island. He has a new place in Lindenhurst as of about a year ago, I guess, uh, six months ago, the, uh, the Belfast Bistro. And they became well-known for having what they call Pushback Sunday. They were resisting all the people taking the knees and everything else. He would have a large crowd gather outside his uh, restaurant nice. on uh, Sunday before the NFL game, singing God Bless America, the national anthem. And this week, he's doing, he is putting together the first ever St. Patrick's Day parade in Lindenhurst. He's a great friend and a great guy. And Dave, are you on the line? Uh, yes. Top of the morning to you, Peter. Top of the morning, gentlemen. Morning, Dave. A pleasure to have you. Welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. So, Dave, tell us what's happening this uh, this you know, this weekend with the first ever St. Patrick's Day Parade that you are orchestrating. If it goes well, we're going to give other people the credit. If it goes bad, we're going to blame you. So how does it look? <laughs> uh, we're looking pretty good, thank God. Um, yeah, we're starting our parade. starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. It's going down Wellwood Avenue. We have many dignitaries, actually including yourself, Peter. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you're our first inaugural 
Grand Marshal, it's an honour to have you and your wife by your side. Uh, we're trying to raise a couple of dollars for charity also. Uh, we have many, many pipe fans uh, the support uh, for our parade and I believe for you too, Peter. Uh, Emerald Societies, Police Departments, Fire Departments, NASA, Suffolk. It's phenomenal, the AOH, Division 2, 7, Knights of Columbus, Lions Club. I mean, everybody has got behind us and it promises the weather's looking great and um, it promises to be a fabulous day. We were encouraging people to come by rail, uh, come by Uber, come just come and celebrate with us the end of COVID on Long Island and let's get the party started. Bernie, <laughs> if you ever visit his uh, establishment, the yeah, Belfast Bistro, right there in Lindenhurst, uh, you think you're walking into a police station or a firehouse. It's the most, pa- or either that or an army base. It's the most patriotic place you can imagine. The food is outstanding, the drink is great, but it's a real home for patriotic Americans. Well, I will check it out. And I would ask Dave, it seems like uh, people who come here, immigrants, uh, like, like my parents, uh, both, both Irish immigrants like yourself, Dave, uh, they really appreciate this country more than people who live, live here who take it for granted. You came here from Ireland where things, things are tough, but uh, you came here and you worked your butt off. You came wildly successful with the restaurants, but you appreciate the United States, which is why I guess you have these pushback Sundays against the uh, NFL and the kneeling. Yeah, absolutely. And just if I may briefly, I remember getting off at Kennedy Airport and seeing the American flag displayed in many homes along the Belt Parkway, and I was like, oh, my God, look at this place. This is phenomenal. Patriotism. I, I absolutely fell in love with this country, and uh, it's a little disappointing these days the way things are turning. Yeah. But I'm uh, I'm proud to be an American uh, with an Irish accent. Um, thank you. A beautiful Irish accent, uh, Congressman King. Correct? No, actually, it's great. And you're right. He is a true patriot. He really is. Uh, he's Irish to the bone, but he's a proud, proud American. And uh, again, to me, every ethnic group can and should be like this. Uh, we, you know, we're not really hyphenated. We are, but we're not. We, we're proud of our ancestry, proud of our heritage, but most of all, we're proud to be Americans and to bring the, you know, the unique heritage we may have to the American mosaic is what it's all about. And you'll never hear Dave Crow bitch or moan when things don't go the right way. He's in there fighting. He, he never expected anything other than to have the opportunity to get ahead. And that's the type of immigrants I always knew. And I don't care if they're Mexican, if they're Albanian, if they're Greek, if they're Irish, Italian, whatever. A person has the spirit to come here, do it the legal way, and go through the system and not look for handouts. That, to me, is what the country is all about. No doubt about it. So one more time, the parade in Lindenhurst, and it's yeah, the, uh, the the yeah. Belfast pub. I'm sorry, go ahead, Dave. But, yeah, Belfast Gastro Pub is the name of my restaurant. Uh, please come support um, our parade. Um, just very briefly, we had a march for Ukraine a few weeks ago um, at, at my corner. It's called Anthem. We've now christened it Anthem Corner. As Pete said, every Sunday before the NFL game, the first game, we sing our national anthem with pride. And we had a Ukrainian choir come and join us, and uh, it was fantastic. Wow. And it was to march for Ukraine. That was uh, like two, two, three weeks ago now. Um, just so, you know, we're behind the Ukrainian people. God bless them, and may they stay safe. No doubt about it. Dave Crow, restaurateur, the Belfast Pub, the, the St. Patrick's Day Parade, this weekend in Lindenhurst, featuring Congressman Peter King. Uh, Dave, thank you. Godspeed, and uh, thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. We'll talk to you again. Yeah, Dave, I'll see you at breakfast on Saturday. Sounds good. Be, be healthy, everybody. Thank you.
Thank you, sir. It was raining hard in Frisco. I needed one, one more fare to make, make my night. A lady up ahead waved to flag me down. She got in at the light. Back here on the Bernie and Sid, you heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. You know, Congressman King, I used to drive a taxi. I know you did, yeah. And the rain, the driving rain here, uh, prompted me to ask Lou to play this song because it it was raining all night long and it was a rainy night in uh, New York City. And uh, you experienced it driving in this morning, but uh, I spent many a night in a taxi up in Yonkers in the North Bronx uh, driving around for Valentine's Taxi, as they call it up back in the hood there, Valentine Taxi. But uh, the song bring back, brings back some memories for me. I, I have a hard time understanding that. Was that your white privilege? I mean, your right yeah, the cab around? exactly right. My white privilege allowed me to uh, drive a taxi in which I was robbed exactly three times uh, at gunpoint, three times wow. in the taxi at gunpoint, and at one point, Hit over the head with a blackjack, believe it or not, up in Yankees. Well, that I can believe. That explains a lot, I think. <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> it builds character, was what it does. Uh, yeah. You know, you have. Uh, Absolutely. You, you get robbed like that, and uh, you, know, you can take on anything after that. What the, you know, you're not facing death necessarily, is the way I look at it. Now, listen, Congressman King, uh, who joins me on the Bernie and Sid show, in Sid Rosenberg's stead as Sid pursues his acting career out in Hollywood. And he's got some uh, Instagram uh, pictures out there, folks. I invite you to check out his Instagram account. <laughs> and he does as well. But trust me when I tell you. But this uh, story about the laptop from hell. Oh, boy. The laptop from hell. We, inter- we interviewed yesterday Miranda Devine, in addition to yourself. Okay, what a gift she is, I tell you. Wow. Isn't she a yeah. treat uh, wow. from down under? Yep. She is uh, terrific. And, uh, yeah, she was, of course, a, a large part of exposing this laptop from hell, and she wrote a book called "Laptop from Hell." Either way, uh, uh, it's it, it, we've deduced a lot of people have surmised that the New York Times came out and "quote unquote" authenticated the laptop uh, because Hunter Biden apparently or may be indicted sometime soon. We think that's the reason. But the point here is that uh, the mainstream media, none of the Sunday shows uh, that that pushed. The fact or the notion, the lie that the laptop from hell was Russian disinformation pushed it and laughed at anybody who uh, talked about it, Rudy Giuliani and all of us. It didn't take a rocket scientist to realize that this laptop from hell was pictures of Hunter Biden. Excuse me. Uh, So either way, none of the Sunday shows whatsoever talked about it, acknowledged what the New York Times said. And in fact, all the mainstream news outlets are ignoring the fact that the New York Times again, quote-unquote, authenticated the laptop. And so the, the media uh, bias corruption continues, uh, Congressman King. Yeah, and to me, you know, I wish Donald Trump, when he talks about a rigged election, he would focus on that, the fact, the bias of the media. I mean, when you think any story involving him with Russia, all of which turned out to be false, they'd end up at the front page of the New York Times and every network show, everywhere, everywhere, and it turned out to be absolutely nothing after three years. In this case, you had, talk about cold, hard evidence, which at very least uh, creates a, a trail, a path from illegal money, billions of dollars, millions of dollars, from China, from Russia, to uh, Hunter Biden, to Joe Biden. I mean, listen, I don't know what the final case is going to show, but there was more than enough evidence to make that should have been a major part 
of the presidential campaign. And the fact that it was basically canceled by Facebook, Twitter, by the mainstream media, to me was a disgrace. It denied the American people the opportunity to have a real presidential campaign. And with COVID and everything that was going on, I think this the last or that year, 2020, more than ever, we needed a full and open discussion as to who the candidates were, what it was about. We knew all about Donald Trump, the good, the bad, the ugly, most of it untrue, a lot of it untrue. But against with Joe Biden, this, to me, you talk about a smoking gun. I mean, this was it. And uh, it's a yes. disgrace, an absolute disgrace. And listen, anyone can have drug issues in the family. I'm not getting into that. What I'm talking about, though, is someone who the record shows with no qualifications at all, got millions of dollars in contracts because of his father's influence. And then there's evidence that that money was shared with Joe Biden. Now, true well, or not, there was real evidence there that warranted a full, full debate. Clearly, clearly. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the, the witnesses, this Tony Bobulinski, who went, w- was uh, going into business with Hunter, and uh, he re- revealed a lot. He's in the laptop, of course, but he appeared on Tucker Carlson's show, and he laid out all, I mean, he was a credible witness, Absolutely. a Navy veteran. Right. As a matter of fact, this is cut 40. This is what Bobulinski said about the Biden crime syndicate. I'm making the statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family. Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. So there you go. I mean, uh, we had witnesses and everything, yet they still ignored it, which is why I have been saying now, since the election, that the election, uh, to use your words, uh, uh, Congressman King, the election was, you didn't say this, but I'm saying it, the election was rigged before Election Day. You had the, the collusion amongst the, among the deep state, uh, the media, and big tech. All three of them colluded to, uh, to censor this information. That constitutes uh, interfering with an election, a.k.a. the election was rigged in my uh, humble estimation. As a matter of fact, Congressman King, nobody really was saying that. You couldn't say it uh, on any of the major cable shows. But I was watching uh, this uh, Jesse Waters, who used to work for Bill O'Reilly, who we'll talk to uh, next hour, Bill O'Reilly, at 840. But Jesse Waters now, uh, he felt free enough the other night to say that the election was rigged himself. He was talking to uh, former Trump aide Stephen Miller, and I felt, of course, validated when I heard him say it, Listen to a Waters and Miller on the election being rigged. If I say the election was rigged and they say you can't say that, I'll say, what are you talking about? You rigged it. Can we say now the election yeah, that, was that rigged? Alone. <laughs> that alone. That alone changes the whole course of world history. You're talking about a man running for president whose son has been taking massive sums of cash from regimes all over the world, including adversaries, which means that the president of the United States can be blackmailed, can be extorted on issues core to our national security. That issue alone changes the whole course of human history. But they circled the wagons around Joe Biden. Big tech, big media, and of course the intelligence so-called community. Exactly right. And uh, of course, if they didn't do what they did, uh, we, wouldn't ha- we wouldn't have this Ukraine crisis. In other words... 
they called Matt, they caused the, the deep state, these five former intelligence chiefs that signed this stupid letter that gave Joe Biden cover at all the debates. They caused the, all these, they have blood on their hands. If President Trump was the president, there's no way Russia would have invaded the Ukraine. So, yes, the election was rigged, in my opinion. Congressman King, would you go that far to say it was rigged? Yeah, it was. I'm not saying legally rigged, but morally it was rigged, and the, and that has to be out there. Listen, you had COVID, where you had a, a massive use of absentee ballots, which has to lead itself to corruption. The fact is, though, President Trump should not be focusing on that because that just sounds like he's complaining. This is a much more legitimate issue, the fact that stonewalling by the media, the collusion by the media against him. Now, you mentioned Bob Alinsky. Here he is. He's a Navy veteran. There's absolutely not a hint of corruption or any reason that he would have to lie. And that got no coverage at all in the media. Yet you had the Steele dossier, which was based on information from a Russian intelligence agency about hookers in Moscow, which turned out to be totally false. But that got days and weeks and months, almost years of coverage based on something that was third and fourth hand coming from a tainted source, Russian intelligence, that was treated as gospel. Here you have Alinsky, who was a naval officer, a distinguished veteran, coming out with hard evidence. And then you have the hard drive. You have the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, geez, my brain is going here. Uh, you know, the hard drive, you had all of that there. Yeah. And uh, yet it was ignored by the media, an absolute disgrace. And uh, to me, uh, President Trump, that's what he should be focusing on. And not even just well, say fake media. Give the details. Show how, how corrupt they were in all this. Yes. No, I agree. He should be forward-looking. Listen, this administration is shooting itself in the foot on a daily basis. They, they've, they've destroyed this country in a matter of, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 months. They're on the path to destroying this country. It's jaw-dropping how quickly they're doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the focus should be on that. I mean, it's okay to allude to the rigged election, but uh, not to dwell on it, to your point. That's my opinion, and he's, he, you know, he has every right to do it. He was the one who was jobbed out of the, out of the presidency. But in either case, uh, just one more thing regarding Hunter Biden and the reason why the New York Times uh, decided to, to say that the laptop right. was legit. There's a guy named, and this is cut 38, I believe, Luke. It's a guy named Peter Schweitzer. And uh, you know this guy. He appears on Cats at night with you a lot of times. Uh, right here on 77 WABC at 5 o'clock, Cats at Night. But anyway, Peter Schweitzer said this about Hunter and uh, rela- regarding the uh, New York Times authenticating the laptop from hell. Listen to this. In terms of Joe Biden's uh, legal problems, uh, he was getting subsidized by his son, paying the monthly bills, paying for renovations on his home up in Delaware. Uh, that's not allowed. A federal law does not allow politicians to be subsidized by family members. If you give money to somebody above $15,000 a year, somebody's got to pay the gift tax on that. Did Joe Biden pay that money? Did he claim that money on his income? No. If you look at the tax tax returns, his financial disclosures, he did not. Does Hunter Biden become the sacrificial lamb? Does he end up taking a plea deal that might even mean jail time uh, in order to protect his father? So there you go, maybe uh, involving jail time. And that's why the New York Times couldn't write about an indictment of, of Hunter Biden. If they, then they couldn't talk about the laptop. It wouldn't make any sense, which is why we believe uh, that, that they actually 
went ahead and, uh, you know, it was said what, what was obvious to everybody else. You know, in many ways, though, the cover-up continues because that was on page 20 of the New York Times. I don't think any of the national uh, media, television media, has covered the story at all. And it's getting no coverage at all. And again, the Times buried it on page 20. And somewhere down in the 20th paragraph, they mentioned about, you know, the, uh, the laptop being authenticated. That's to cover themselves. I agree with you. They probably have some source in the Justice Department, the grand jury, which is telling them that an indictment may be coming. The question will be whether it will be a serious indictment or it will be a technical indictment about you know, failure to file a tax return or uh, you know, not paying the full amount of tax and then have like a one-count indictment where you plead guilty to that as opposed to going through the whole uh, 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 string of evidence here as to when did Hunter do this, what, you know, when did Joe Biden find out about it, where did the money go, uh, you know, looking at the president's bank accounts, all of that. If this was Donald Trump, my God, this would be a you know, Pulitzer Prize is going to the Washington Absolutely. Post, New York Times, and everyone. Instead, they they did that phony, horrible Russia investigation, which was phony and false and BS from the start, and they ignored what could be certainly the height of corruption. Now, it may turn out Joe Biden has answers to all this. That should have been part of the presidential campaign. Well, Bill O'Reilly has a column out uh, now called the Hunter. Hunter becomes the prey. Clever twist on uh, Hunter. But either way, he says it's the biggest media scandal in history in the United States. Not I even agree. close, to I use agree. his words. Yes. Well, the only one that's close to it is the Russia scandal. Uh, the, yeah, the hoax, which, the for hoax. which, by Absolutely. the way, they did win uh, you know, yeah. Pulitzer Prizes and all that stuff. And still have them. Never gave them back after the hoax was exposed as a hoax. Uh, so, yes, it's, uh, but that's the reason why we keep talking about it here. We interviewed Miranda Devine because it is the biggest scandal and that people should know about it, should know the election was rigged and that we have uh, a compromise. I believe we do you believe Joe Biden is compromised? I believe he is. I think he certainly could be. Again, I think that's why all this should be out there. It should be part of the public debate so we can see. Also, all this talk about the New York Times about being this venerable paper, they were, again, covering up for the Nazis during the 1930s. Uh, they always said that uh, Fidel Castro got his job to the New York Times. They said nothing but great things about him. Right. They had this whole phony Russia investigation and the cover-up of uh, Hunter Biden. To me, that's a shameful, disgraceful paper. I'll stick with the New York Post and Miranda Devine any day. No doubt. Yeah, they covered up for Hitler and Stalin, yep. I believe it or not. On the Bernie and Sid show with Congressman, the great Congressman Peter King, one 800 We're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly next hour. Keep it where it is. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this, uh, well, this Friday Eve. What is it? March 24th. March 24th on this uh, rainy Friday Eve. A little depressing out there. Uh, uh, The imbecile in chief in the NATO summit right now, uh, probably embarrassing the United States left and right. Uh, By the way, Congressman Peter King is in for Sid Rosenberg, who's pursuing an acting career. Congressman King has been great all morning long. And no doubt he will continue to be. But, uh, yes, uh, Joe Biden out in uh, the NATO summit as the war continues and just gets uglier and uglier. And uh, I will point out that uh, WABC and John Katsimatidis, has, they, you can go to WABCradio.com and donate for, uh, to the Ukraine relief of food and blankets and every, you know, all kinds of supplies. Non-military, of course, uh, the Ukraine 
WABCRadio.com. That's the kind of guy John Katsimatidis is. He does things like that. So please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're in desperate need, as you know, and it's hard to watch. It's really, I don't know, it's just to watch a war in progress on your TV in real time, day after day. So imagine what it's like to, to, to go through it. So for the refugees and the people in Ukraine, WABCRadio.com, thanks to John Katsimatidis, relief funds for the U- Ukraine. And uh, also, I just want to point out that uh, this, this up in the SUNY Brockport, Congressman King. Oh, boy, yeah. I, I want to repeat this every day because uh, there's time to can't have, this guy, have this thing canceled. SUNY Brockport will uh, celebrate a cop killer. Uh, his name is Wal Montaquim or something like that. He was the one with, along with Anthony Bottom, he killed two cops, uh, uh, Waverly Jones and uh, Mr. Piagentini. Uh, did this guy, Montequim. He's going to speak up at uh, SUNY Brockport on April 6th. They're actually celebrating this cop killer, and uh, he killed uh, he killed two cops, two cops, and they don't care. Uh, the person who runs SUNY Brockport, the last name is McPherson. I urge everybody to contact that school and uh, express your outrage, especially if you have kids going to that school. And, I wa- and somebody's got to get to Kathy. Because New York State subsidizes obviously SUNY schools, and uh, she's she's got she's got to have them put an end to this, don't you think? Yes, yeah, it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, I've gotten to know the Piagentini family well. My father was a cop at that time, but uh, this family is so dedicated. But they are heartbroken when things like this happen. Uh, uh, first of all, it was Andrew Cuomo's parole board that let this guy out two years ago, and now the fact that he's speaking at a taxpayer supported school is an absolute disgrace. I was talking to a neighbor of mine the other day, uh, Mary Ellen Guerrero. Her father was a heroic cop. Her brother was a DEA agent who was killed. She was on the phone for 45 minutes uh, arguing with the people up there. I said, how could you possibly let this happen? Good for her. And they're all passing the buck. They're all passing the buck, and we can't do anything about it. That's the way it is. It's not really the school. It's a teacher. It's this. It's that. Listen, if this was some white supremacist coming in, they wouldn't let the guy near the front door. But instead, because it's a cop killer, somehow he's treated with reverence. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. And uh, really, it's, it shows a double standard in our society. It's just, uh, again, this wouldn't have happened years ago. No. It shouldn't happen Horrific. now. And it's really time to speak out. On a different note, Bernie, I can just say on my Facebook page, it's on Zazaro. And a somewhat lighter note, he says, when Bernie's back in full health, let's do a show from Shines. He wants you to do the show from Shines out there in Long Beach. And it's a great place. And, but seriously, getting back to this incident at, at Rockport, it's, a, it's really horrible. And uh, I just wish that everyone who wants to stand with the blue, this is one way to do it. Contact that school. Reach out to them. Call them. Email them. Do whatever you have to do. Pick it. Uh, we shouldn't. This is an insult to everyone who ever wore the uniform. Absolutely, it's an insult to every guy who puts and woman who puts their life on the line every day for the rest of it. It's a total BS. Can't ignore it, and which is why I'm going to bring it up every single day. Yes. Uh, now, yesterday, Congressman King was the last day that you'll see this uh, Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown in front of any senators asking questions. The hearings go on today, but she won't be there for some reason. I don't understand. I don't really care, but. The, the uh, yesterday's hearings produced some really good moments, uh, uh, you know, the back and forth between Republican senators and her. Now, she's a nice lady. She's apparently a religious lady. She, she, she comes off as innocuous and uh, pretty harm, pretty harmless. But it turns out she's a big supporter of critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter, 
1619 Project, and, of course, Soft on Crime. And which crime in particular? Uh, Child pornography. It really, it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of weird. And one guy, uh, this uh, uh, veteran, his name is Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, he had a good line of questioning against this lady, Cut 16 Louie. Isn't it inherent in the concept of deterrent that people are less likely to commit crime if they're more likely to get caught, convicted, and sentenced? Why can't you just say it, that's the case? Senator, it's not that I'm avoiding saying that's the case. No, that's that exa- Judge, that's exactly what you're doing. I- I'm asking a very simple question. In general, is someone more likely or less likely to commit a crime if they know they're going to be caught, convicted, and st- it's very it's part of deterrence? It's, it's, it's very difficult to answer questions in general. Is 17 years too long or not long enough for a criminal to spend in prison for murder? Senator, these are policy questions. Do you know how long the average inmate convicted of rape serves in prison in America? Well, Senator, rape is not a crime in the federal system. Do you think we imprison too many violent criminals or not enough? Senator, it's important for our rule of law to ensure that people are held accountable. Should the United States strengthen or weaken sentences for child pornographers? Senator, that's not a simple question. Oh, yes, it is. And she consistently uh, sentenced uh, child pornographers uh, uh, below the guidelines, below the recommendations from uh, prosecutors. And in one case, she sentenced a guy. Prosecutor asked for 10 years, uh, some some vicious uh, uh, child, some pedophile, vicious pedophile. The prosecutor asked for uh, 10 years. She gave him three months, three months. So uh, I think maybe these hearings did further harm to the Democrats in that the perception that they're soft on crime uh, in 2022, in you know March of 2022, when we're experiencing this uh, unbelievable crime wave across the nation, I think it really did them harm. But uh, she's going to be uh, confirmed because that's just the way it is. She's, uh, you know, the Democrats run the uh, Congress. Uh, but Congressman King, would you vote to confirm this lady as uh, after watching these hearings these last few days? No, I uh, would not. As I said earlier with Frank Morano, in a prior time, I think the president is entitled to have his nominee approved so long as the person is qualified. But all the rules have changed in recent years. Considering what was done to Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Robert Bork, right now the uh, confirmation process has become a war. I think we have to fight it, so I would have voted no. And let me say about Tom Cotton. I served with him in the House. I got to know him well. He's a guy who's a Harvard graduate, Volunteered in the army, he was a, uh, a, a battalion commander, they were company commander in uh, uh, Afghanistan. He's a strong, tough guy. He's from Arkansas. Uh, then you uh, again, you can't ask for a classier guy, a smarter guy. And he was right on the mark with her yesterday. Also, you know, Frank was saying earlier, and it's for the most part true that most Supreme Court judges uh, nominees, especially uh, uh, Judge Jackson here, they they. Go around, they say they can't answer this, they can't answer that. Let me just compare it to another, let's say, young woman, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. When she was there last, uh, last year, uh, yes. a year and a half ago, Jonathan Turley said the other day, she answered more questions in more detail. She didn't talk anything. She said why she felt this way, why she felt that way, what her philosophy was, how she was going to arrive at decisions. And uh, to me, the comparison between the two of them uh, was so so stark. And uh, Amy Coney Barrett, I have a bit of a bias here. My daughter went to law school with her, said she's the smartest person that she ever met. But more than that, and I was at Notre Dame, put in another plug. But the fact is, Amy Coney Barrett did. She was not afraid to stand up for what she believed in. She didn't back away. She didn't say she didn't nope. know this or she forgot this. She said, here I am, and basically take and leave it. I'm proud of my record. 
And if you want to vote for me, vote for me. And uh, she did it much more politely than you or I would say it. But that's basically what she did. And that's yeah. so different from yesterday. This is a smart woman. She went to Harvard, uh, Judge Jackson. But to listen to her answers, she was afraid to answer any, any real question. Well, maybe she's not as smart as she was billed as this brilliant jurist. She couldn't even answer what the definition of a woman is. I mean, uh, that is uh, incomprehensible. She says she's not a biologist. Well, well, I would have asked her then. I said, well, what makes you a woman? What makes you what makes what made Joe Biden think that you were a woman? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, go, it goes back to the transgender question. But uh, the well, whole issue of Title 10, I mean, that, that is supposed to have granted women more rights and more opportunities in sports than any other uh, piece of legislation. Because it helps women. Then how do you define, if, are, are you entitled to bring a lawsuit under Title 10? How do you prove that you're a woman and you can get into court claiming you're being discriminated against or you're not getting adequate sports uh, opportunity? Yeah, it does go right to that. Uh, that's the issue. That's why she was told probably to dodge the question. But she said it's determined by essentially biology, which goes counter to, uh, you know, the woke, the woke tards out there who say it's not biology. It's how you feel. So maybe she didn't do herself uh, any, any. Uh, she she didn't serve herself well necessarily when she said, "I'm not a biologist." When she was trying uh, apparently to pander to again these woke people out there and, and all that stuff. But regarding uh, the transgenders, we'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about Ron DeSantis for a second, Congressman King. We've been talking about Donald Trump, uh, 2024. Uh, the, the action gets going in about two years regarding that. Ron DeSantis is stepping up big time, big time, really uh, impressing a lot of people. He put out this ad yesterday, did Ron DeSantis, about New Yorkers fleeing uh, to Florida. Listen to, to some of this. Take a listen. I'll play it, Louis. I'm a New Yorker, and now I live in Florida. Where do you think New York ranks on a freedom ranking across the 50 states? I think we're pretty much at the bottom. Well, you are number zero. This is why we live in Florida, because of him. I live in Florida because of Ron DeSantis. You know, people want to be here. People want to be in the state of Florida. DeSantis is the best, and ever since he took over, is where we come. Proud to be a Floridian? I 100%. Only because of DeSantis. DeSantis is, seems way more for his people. Governor DeSantis is uh, for the people. Ron DeSantis knows what he's doing. We've got the best governor ever. Ever. He's a great leader. He helps our state stay free. I love Ron DeSantis because he keeps Florida great. My whole family will be voting okay, for Okay, uh, we get the idea. Thank you. And uh, so my question to you, Congressman King, uh, and, and we, we gun to our heads. We don't have to make a decision for a while. But the question is, and it's been asked by people, uh, a lot of people, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump in 2024? I think, and I'll probably get President Trump uh, angry with me for this, I think Ron DeSantis is a hope for the future. And listen, Ron is not always an easy guy to deal with. He's a tough guy, but he's incredibly smart. He's, uh, again, he thinks everything through. So when he takes a controversial stand, he knows every detail behind it. He will never be caught short, and he will never back down. And you notice like he takes a stand, which people say, wow, that, that's really uh, controversial. That's really. And then when the heat starts, he doesn't just yell and scream back. He has answers. He knows this inside out. And in the culture wars we're in today, whether it was the mask or whether it's now with this uh, uh, law to protect kids from being uh, sexually uh, trivialized in school, uh, kids uh, five, six, seven years old yeah. having uh, you know, perverted teachers asking them questions or you know, uh, instructing them the wrong way. Uh, Ron DeSantis is a tough guy, and he's smart. 
He'd be, an, I think, an ex- excellent president. Listen, President Trump, if he runs, I'm sure he's going to win the primary. Having said that, I think Ron DeSantis, he's young, he's tough, he's able, not always the easiest guy to get along with. But it doesn't matter. He'd be a good president. But just, He'd be a sub-president. Just to be clear, you're saying your pick would be Ron DeSantis over Donald Trump? Right now, I would say yes, and I know I'm going to get a torrent of abuse wow. from the Trump people, but I think that Ron DeSantis, if we're looking toward the future, uh, listen, no, I hear you. You know, guys like me, guys like President Trump, time is sort of passing by. Ron DeSantis is at his peak right now. He's a, uh, he was a top student. He was a Navy officer. He was a baseball player. He goes through the whole thing. He was in Iraq. Yeah, and yeah. he's taking the tough stands on controversial issues. And some guys take these stands and then really can't back them up. They just, it's good barroom talk. Right. Uh, but well, he can really back up everything he does, agree with him or not. He will never be caught short. To your point, uh, he is tough and he takes on the reporters. Uh, you were alluding to the Parental Rights Act down yep. in Florida, which was was uh, you know propagandized into the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Total BS. Total uh, yeah, BS. total. And uh, Ron DeSantis confronted a reporter. This is cut twenty four, Lou, on just that. Take a listen. So this is just another example of how big tech is rewriting the narrative. How I thought it was cut twenty four. It's cut twenty nine. My bad, Louis. Cut twenty nine. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. How great was that? And so that's why great. people love him. And, of course, yes, it is. Uh, there's, there's no don't say gay. As everybody listening to us probably knows by now, it's, 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 you cannot talk about sex uh, K through third grade. That's it. I mean, and it's a no-brainer. Any parent would say no. They would say K through uh, 8. In fact, not a, not anywhere in, in school, not anywhere, K through 12. We don't want uh, teachers talking to our kids about sex, for God's sakes. That's the parent's job. That's a no They should introduce a law like that here in New York State Absolutely. and have, have these uh, cowardly politicians like Kathy Hochul try to take the side of, yes, allow teachers to talk to kids about sex. Allow them to defend that if, because it's a losing issue. I think they should propose that here in this state. And we'd have another winning issue. One more clip from oh, that. If I could just say on oh, that, sure, I mean, sure. yeah, it's total hypocrites. The WNBA, ESPN, Disney, they are really, they should be ashamed of themselves for the lies that they're propagating, these phony, false stories that they're putting out there, attacking the Sanders. Listen, if they want to attack him on legitimate things, that's right. This whole phony thing that he's anti-gay, this bill is anti-gay, and gays aren't going to be able to live in America anymore or in Florida is absolute, not, it's terrible. Terrible lie. It's, uh, yeah, just bias, corrupt media, nonsense, garbage is what it and is. Sports, ESPN, WNBA, oh, yes. all of them. Oh, yeah, all of them are Open buying frauds. into it. Yeah, all, all, exactly. And uh, speaking of the, uh, the NCAA and the Don't Say Gay Bill, the same thing with the uh, transgender thing. And this uh, Leah Thomas, who, believe it or not, that's this person, this guy has now become a household name. Leah Thomas, uh, the NCAA swimmer, winning all the competitions, some dude uh, beating out girls for scholarships and, uh, you know, trophies and all that stuff. But, again, back to Ron DeSantis because that's what we're talking about. 
He said this, cut 28, Lou, he said this about that. Now, the NCAA uh, is basically taking efforts to destroy women's athletics. They're trying to undermine the integrity of the competition, and they're crowning somebody else uh, the woman's champion. And we think that's wrong. So another another strong statement, un- unambiguous, from uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. And that's why I asked you the question. There are a lot of people who are... You know, sort of on the fence now about 2024. You know, I love Donald Trump. He's my guy. As of now, he's my guy for 2024. But I also love Ron DeSantis. I mean, uh, and, you know, it could be, I don't know what he's going to decide to do. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis would not be governor because Donald Trump came into the uh, primary process in Florida when DeSantis was running and behind in the polls and endorsed DeSantis put him over the top in the primary, so allowed him to become the Republican candidate, and then eventually went on to beat the drug addict, uh, the black guy who, who turned out to be a drug addict. But uh, Ron DeSantis owes Absolutely. his, his yep. gubernatorial uh, you know, position to Donald Trump. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic here, whether or not he'll you know, you know, take Donald Trump's uh, a presumed designated spot as the uh, candidate in 2024. Yeah, I think Donald Trump did an outstanding job as president. He was extremely helpful to me on Long Island, the people of Long Island. Uh, he uh, kept us out of foreign wars. The economy was never stronger. He was an outstanding president. I'm just saying at a time in history, as uh, the person who can carry the Trump mantle uh, is Ron DeSantis. And uh, you're right. I mean, Ron DeSantis must be down by... 30 or 40 points to Adam Putnam, who also been a former colleague of mine in my Florida in Congress. But he had been a state commissioner. He was well-known. He was supposed to walk in with the nomination. Uh, President Trump came out for Ron DeSantis, and Ron DeSantis won the primary. So, yeah, he's there because of President Trump. I realize all that. I'm not saying anything negative about President Trump. I'm just saying that as we go forward and looking, you know, where do we want to be in 2024, 2026, 2028, uh, this to me is, uh, you know, as, as Colonel Clank used to say in Hogan's Heroes, very interesting, Congressman King. Very, very interesting on the Bernie well, and Sid Show. I hope you're proud of yourself now. Forget me on the wrong side of Donald uh, well, Trump. Well, listen, this is what we do in the, on the Bernie and Sid Show. We, we ask the tough questions, and you got to come up with the tough answers. And you did, uh, Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to talk to Lydia Serrani. We're going to talk to Bill O'Reilly. We're coming right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, to continue that conversation about uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, Senator Ted Cruz was pressing her yesterday after what her response was to Senator Blackburn, who simply asked her, what is a woman? And she's like, oh, I'm not a biologist. So people I see on the left on Twitter, they're like, well, what, what's, you know, big deal? She's answering like a, like a judge would in a legal standing. The big deal is that she's bowing down to the woke mob. The big deal is that her radical left ideologies will compromise her decision-making. And although she's not going to make or break the Supreme Court, it's really disconcerting to have somebody like this, like, you know, the Biden administration. That's that's the whole problem with President Biden. I, I think the turning point for me when I turned against President Biden was when he appointed Assistant Health Secretary Rachel Levine. Health Secretary Rachel Levine, she's obese, and she's not, a, she's not a man. She still has her genitalia. She just grew out her hair. She takes a couple of hormones. And then you've got the mass media 
like USA Today saying Rachel Levine should be woman of the year. So this is emblematic of what is going on in society. It's destruction of our traditional values and our simply our, our common sense. So Cruz, he then structured the questions, legal context, such as discrimination lawsuits. And take a listen to the exchange. If, if, if I can change my gender, if I can be a woman, and then an hour later, if I decide I'm not a woman anymore, I guess I would lose Article 3 standing. Tell me, does that same principle apply to other protected characteristics? For example, I'm, I'm an Hispanic man. Could, could I decide I was an Asian man? Would, would I have the ability to be an Asian man and challenge Harvard's discrimination because I'm a Senator, I'm not able to answer your question. You're asking me about hypotheticals. Yeah, why, why can't you answer the question? You're supposed to be a brilliant jurist. No, she was dodging and evading, of course, a brilliant line of questioning uh, from Ted Cruz. Uh, going back to Rachel Levine, uh, Lydia, I will tell you this. She was the top health official in Pennsylvania, you know, the uh, what, uh, health commissioner or whatever the hell she was. And it was her that gave the order, just like Andrew Cuomo, she gave the order to allow COVID-infected patients into nursing homes. But just before she gave the order or he gave the order, he took out his mother from from said nursing homes. So uh, he is a along the lines of Andrew Cuomo, uh, a, a granny killer. And uh, and of course, he is a he and it shouldn't be, of course, uh, you know, a female woman of the year, which is laughable. But uh, that's where we are now. And back to uh, Ted Cruz and, and Kataji Brown. The reason why she wouldn't answer these questions is because, yeah, she is uh, she is going to decide in favor of the woke left, the woke tards out there, and she's pandering. She's afraid as well. I'm not sure she agrees with all that stuff, but well, given the the fact that she didn't sentence a child uh, pedophiles to the maximum, maybe she does agree with them. I just don't know. I mean, you got Rachel Levine when she was questioned, if you remember, by Rand Paul. And Rand Paul was specifically asking her, how do you feel about children, children, not 18 and up, having gender reassignment surgery, having their genitalia amputated, taking hormones? And she wouldn't answer definitively, no, no, kids should not be allowed to do that without parental consent. For Kids shouldn't be allowed to do that, period. No way. But I know, Congressman, he, we've, we've spoken about this. I mean, what world are we living in? Congressman, you've been in politics a very long time. Did you ever think there would be there would come a day where you would have a Supreme Court justice nominee who couldn't answer the simple question, what is a woman? Meantime, she was nominated because she is a woman. Yeah, that's, that's the whole is the whole uh, uh Terrible irony here and all this. And you and I have discussed this. And as uh, Bernie was saying, to me, it's wrong to do this type of surgery and procedures on kids anyway. Uh, but to do it without parents knowing about it or to have teachers talking to their kids about changing gender without the parents knowing about it, to even be discussing with young kids at the stage. I mean, so many things go through a kid's mind. Kids have nightmares about seeing a movie on television or whatever. And then you have teachers talking to them. You know, do you really think you're a girl? Do you really think you're a boy? Would you rather be a boy? Would you rather be a girl? Putting all that in a five-year-old's mind or a six-year-old or seven-year-old, it's absolutely disgraceful. And, criminal, criminal. And also, I'm, you know, I think something what Bernie says, I think some of these teachers get kicks out of talking this way to kids. Yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, it's no secret. Uh, we saw it in the priesthood. We saw it in the Boy Scouts. And same thing with teachers. And, and it's not to smear all teachers. But a lot of these pedophiles are attracted to places where there are little kids. So they're going to be there. You know there's going to be a certain percentage there. 
So there's going to be a certain percentage that try to take advantage of it. And what do you do? They start flirting with the kids by talking sex. Uh, it's essentially what happens. Cut it off. Don't allow it. It shouldn't happen. Not up to the third grade. Not up to the 12th grade, if you ask me. If I were governor, that's, that, that's what the bill would say. I mean, you know, I was thinking about the stupid mistakes that we make as kids. I remember when I was like 11, 12 years old. So kids made fun of me. They called me Dumbo. I don't know if you guys ever noticed my ears. They they protrude. They protrude a little bit. They oh, do. they're horrible. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I ne- never noticed it. Of course. So not. they mercilessly bullied me. I remember running home to uh, during lunch. I lived right across the street, St. Brendan's, and I'm running. And then Kenneth Veem says to me, oh, look, she's going to take off flight. She's going to fly like Dumbo. And I cried and I cried and I begged my mom to have the surgery. I said, please, mom. I mean, if I could, I was so distraught about how I was being bullied. I would have cut off my ear if I could. I love my ears. I could never imagine having surgery. And it's like these weird things that kids think of in their heads. So here I wanted to like practically cut off yeah. my ear. Could you imagine a confused bully child saying, I want to cut off my thing? Or I have a friend too. I remember right. she, as soon as she turned 18, she got breast implants. And within a year, she hated them. So we do these stupid things when we're teenagers, when we're kids. And unfortunately, they, they can often have lifetime repercussions. But the fact that we have our politicians or the government endorsing or te- this. teach and educators crazy. and even parents, yes. in, in some cases, it's encouraging sick. this. It is child cruelty. It is sick. It, it, it should, should be a, a punishable offense, a criminal uh, offense. Well, so we talk about all of this and much more. Congressman King, will you be with us tonight as well on Cats at Night, or have you had enough of WABC for the day? No, all I tell you, four hours with Bernie is actually it's like being in heaven, I have to say. It's just it's such a blessing. <laughs> and having you coming on, Lydia. No, I, I was there last night. Tonight, I've, uh, I, I'm not going to be at ABC tonight, but uh, just, I tell you, this is like a family here. It's really great. Uh, I've been treated very well. Uh, and I get your Albanian charm all the time. I get Bernie's Irish charm. And whatever I get from Sid, you can... What did they call Madeline Albright again? What was her nickname? Uh, Madame Coyones. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Hey, Lydia, you were great. I said, I'm the one with the Coyones. No, okay. You are. If you I, actually are. If the Albanian, are. it would be Madame Bolle. My husband's going to get really upset with me now because he does not like me to talk about this kind of stuff. But it's okay. For the fact that Madeline Albright was praised for having iron balls... Then you know what? Listen, Lydia, uh, you have that in spades. You you are a courageous, so at, courageous woman. I tr- I just try to tell the truth. That's what John Katzmatidis tells us. It's not about right or left, Democrat, Republican. I'm actually a registered independent. It's about telling the truth. And like you said about Ron DeSantis, having the facts to back up everything you have to say. Listen to Cats at Night, and that's all you'll hear. Just the truth and nothing but the truth. Thanks, John Lydia Serrano, on the Bernie and Sid show. By the way. I turned against Joe Biden on day one when he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. But that kind of a conversation for a different time. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Something to say that might cause you pain If I catch you talking to that boy again I'm gonna let you down Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Hate to interrupt the Beatles, but uh, we got to do business here. we got Big Bad Bill O'Reilly standing by. 
We're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. I'm joined by Congressman Peter King in Sid Rosenberg's stead as Sid pursues an acting career, believe it or not, out in California. But right now, we are joined by the aforementioned, the, the, he's got a website, which is terrific. He's got a TV show, columns, all kinds of things. It's called BillOReilly.com. He can be heard on WABC at noon, at 9 o'clock at night, every morning on the Bernie and Sid Show at 725. And by the way, you can pre-order his great book. I've been reading it. I'm almost finished with it. Killing the Killers, his most important work yet from Bill O'Reilly. Let's bring him in now. Good morning, Bill O'Reilly. You know, I heard Sid is hosting the Oscars on Sunday. Is that true? <laughs> so nobody else wants to do it. Uh, Sid showed up at LAX airport. They just grabbed him and said, you're hosting. You're and the guy. Goes, okay. You're the guy. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, Sid Rosenberg pursuing that acting career out there, a thespian, uh, believe it or not. But Big Bill, uh, listen, uh, I alluded to your uh, website, which is complete with the TV show, terrific. You have a column out now called The, the, the Hunter Becomes the Prey. And it's all about the laptop from hell. And you uh, characterize this as the biggest media scandal in the history of the United States. Yeah, because it's a one-two punch. So everybody knows that the uh, Russian collusion thing was bogus. But uh, finally our system worked. And the special prosecutor, Mueller, after spending $50 million in more than two years, said, well, there was no Russian collusion. <laughs> okay, right. thanks. All right. So, okay, that goes into the history books, right? Well, then, that is to the run-up of the 2020 election. So Trump had to deal with that while he was in office. All of this stuff, and it's in the minds of the people. And then you have the uh, son, his opponent, um, Somehow, leaving a computer, and this is what kills me. How, how do you leave a computer in a pawn shop? You smoke crack. Yeah, but isn't there like one hour of the day where you don't smoke crack? <laughs> you would where's, think. Where's my computer? All right. No. So he leaves it there, and then the guy in the place, he knows it's Hunter Biden, and he alerts the, the press, and they find it, and then why would you doubt that this happened? So... Then the left-wing media coalesce is not going to report it. We're just not going to. We're not going to tell anybody about it, and so they won't know. So if you if you combine the bogus Russian collusion with the absolute cover-up of not telling the people, the voters, about this horrendous situation on the laptop, which implicates. Joe Biden. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. You just said Hunter Biden smokes crack. Maybe he was delusional when he was typing stuff into his computer. I don't know. Right. But you certainly have to investigate it. You certainly have to inform the people that, hey, here's the son of Vice President Biden when he was in office with Barack Obama saying, I got to give my father a taste. You know, if you're really killing the mob, you know, I got to give him this little siphon of all the millions of dollars I'm getting from foreign nations. I think that's a story. I yes. think so. Uh, would, you, would it constitute in your mind, Bill, especially in light of the polls after the election that showed that uh, uh, about 15 percent of Biden voters said that if they knew about the laptop from hell, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. So therefore, would you, would you use the words that the election was rigged before Election Day? Well, here, here's what I say. You, you can speculate all day long, but it's just that, 
speculation, all right? It's guesswork. But if you have a country where the free media, the corporate media, all right, is actively deceiving the electorate, then Congress has to get involved. That, that's why I wrote the column. Congress has to pass laws that say if Disney, which owns ABC, actively subverts a presidential election, then the people running Disney can be charged with a felony. Is that fair? That's more than fair. And it okay. should be. In, That's in, what has to happen. Yes. Since you can't have these powerful social media companies in Silicon Valley banning stuff, censoring stuff, major corporations like Comcast, NBC, say, oh, we're just not going to tell the folks. And, you know, on this other fake story, we're going to just ram it down their throat. If you can prove, as the New York Times, they outed themselves. 18 months after, they said, yeah, yeah, the Hunter Biden computer, that was a real story, but we didn't cover it. And and you know why they did that? Because there could be an indictment from the grand jury. Exactly. This is Pete King. I, I was going to ask you, though. Isn't the scandal continuing? Because except for that one story in the Times, which really only, you know, a small group of people are going to see, except for you, except for WABC, the media is ignoring this. I mean, you know, the mainstream media, to me, the scandal continues. They have no shame. Well, it's not. A, it's more than that, Congressman. No shame. They have an agenda that's undermining our whole republic. You know, people don't like Trump because he's bombastic and he was always on the defensive and he was always saying stuff that was provocative. But put yourself in his shoes. He wins an election that nobody on earth ever thought he would win, including me. And then he gets in there and he knows it wasn't any Russian collusion. I knew that from day one because that's not how he operates. Okay? And I know how he operates. I wrote a book on it, The United States of Trump. Okay? So he gets in. And all he hears, because he watches TV news all the time, which he shouldn't, but he does, is that there's Russian collusion, and he's corrupt, and his family's corrupt, and all of that. Don't you think you'd be bitter? Don't you think you would lash out? Without a doubt. I mean, any Absolutely. human being put in, that, put in that position, go, wait a minute, I, I was elected legitimately, I pulled off something that no other human being in America has ever done. And now these giant corporations are coming in accusing me of a crime, and I didn't do it, and that's all I hear. But Bill, that's if they continue to do it, how do we stop it? I mean, I, I agree with everything you you're saying. Legislation. Okay, you, should, that, you should rerun for Congress and write a bill. <laughs> all right, and the bill says if corporate media, and that includes Silicon Valley, if they intentionally try to subvert an election, it is a crime. I'm all for that. It'll be tough to prove. Having said that, what do we do in the meantime? That's not our job here, Congressman. Bill, what I'm saying is, though... It's the job of the the Justice Department to prove it. But but it's got to be on the books to inhibit this kind of stuff. That that could take years. What do we do in the meantime? We have elections cut up in 2022. Elections cut up in 2024. I mean... Well, in the meantime, look, it's each state controls the election. I get mail like this all the time on BillOReilly.com. And, you know, people now listen to me on WABC at 9 o'clock at night, and, I'm, and that is my broadcast. So you're hearing what I say every day, and I get mail all the time saying, well, the 2022 midterms are going to be rigged. And I write back, look, 
the federal government doesn't control that. That's each state controls it. And yes, there are some states that run their elections honestly and some states who don't. But there's nothing that the federal government can do unless there's blatant. I mean, and I mean blatant. I'm and talking about the media narrative. How, how can we get at least some element of fairness into the media narrative? Maybe we can. Maybe we just well, have it's to more networks. self-correcting a little bit. It's an excellent question, uh, by the way. It's self-correcting a little bit because now no one trusts media. If you look at the polls, the media is down in 20, 25% of people think, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm getting really honestly informed. No, Americans now know, all right, that they're not getting uh, honest information from the newspaper industry or the television news industry. So it's up to the individual American to seek out things like BillOReilly.com. And I, I told my audience last night, I will never deceive you. Never. And you guys know me for a long time. I never do that. Straight shooter. You know, if somebody is doing something wrong on the traditional side, I'll nail them right between the eyes because my job is to look out for the folks. But if, you, if you're still consuming news from the newspaper industry or the television news industry, you're out of your blanking mind. I mean, you just turn it on. You can see it. The bias is dripping. Yeah, and the contempt for the viewer and all that stuff. That's, that's an excellent word, Bernie. Yep. It's yeah. contempt, but you know what's worse? They don't care because they're making money. It's all about money, not anything else. Did mm-hmm. you see Iger, the head of the former CEO of Disney, on with Jon Stewart? And Iger is telling Stewart, well, you know, there are some news agencies that really don't help people responsible for saying false things. And I'm going, hello, you ran the view. Yeah, you laughable. ran the view. The view is ABC News. Laughable. And this guy going, well, yeah, you know, we don't, you know, I can't believe we don't hold them accountable. And I'm going, what? And yeah, I mean, it's right it's to your insane. face. Ball face lies. Exactly. It's insane. It's lunacy. And it's insulting. Uh, Bill, last night you also talked about the uh, Disney employees uh, protesting the education bill. Uh, we talked about it, Congressman King and I did, a short time ago. And Ron DeSantis is going to, or he either just signed it. But either way, uh, Congressman Peter King says that Ron DeSantis would be the guy, he should be the guy over Donald Trump in 2024. And the don't say, this, it's not even the don't say gay bill, it's the Parental Rights Act. Uh, things like that. Yeah, but I also said, you know, Donald Trump will win the primary if he runs. I'm saying for the long haul, I think DeSantis could be a stronger candidate. So regarding that, Bill O'Reilly, go ahead. Yeah, here's the deal on that. So DeSantis is not going to primary Donald Trump. That's not going to happen. Okay. Um, What could happen is is Trump might make a deal with DeSantis and say, I'll put you on the two. Uh, I don't know whether that'll happen. I have discussed it with President Trump, but I can't tell you what the discussion was because it was private, and I always honor that. And he brought it up, not me. I don't. And the problem is, yeah, they're both from Florida, though. Nah, that doesn't matter. Well, it does. It's the Constitution. It, it, it really, it doesn't matter because lose- in this race coming up in twenty four. No, I mean under the Constitution, you would lose that state's votes unless one no, of them moved no, out no, of the no. state. No, that's not right. You can run, have a vice president and a presidential candidate, and you don't have to lose. It's loophole after loophole after loophole, but I, re- I researched it. I don't know how I never heard that before. Yeah, it's true. Oh, um, I doubt you it. You can do it. You can do it, but you have to do it in, in – there, there's a circuitous way that you have to present it um, at the convention. 
Um, anyway, I know in, in 2000, Dick Cheney had to change his residence from Texas back to Wyoming. Well, that, that could happen with DeSantis. Okay. He just moves across the state line into Georgia. Um, you know, he's in Tallahassee. So, but that's what I'm talking about. There are avenues to do it. And I don't know whether Trump would do it or not. He didn't tell me anything definitively. I can say that. But but there's not going to be, in 2024, uh, for any real severe Republican challenge to Trump if he wants to run, unless something happens between now and then with Trump. Right. Okay. Now, I think many Republicans don't want Donald Trump to run because they think they could win with a much lower-keyed individual like DeSantis. And, and they, they say, well, look, if we can win and, and we don't have to deal with all of this madness, um, and it's not, it's some of it's Trump's fault, but most of it isn't, because they hate him so much that they're just going to cook up scandal after scandal after scandal. I mean, look at the Stormy Daniels thing. It's just insane. Did anybody report that? No. No, but uh, now it's ironic. She's going to make it rain for Donald Trump, which is... Uh uh, is, but, but, but to think back about how much coverage there I, was exactly. for the allegation. You're absolutely right. There's no, there's no question no, about it. And, and then she loses. has got to pay Trump $300,000. There's no coverage. It's like the laptop from hell. Same, same situation. Exactly right. Uh, the corrupt bias and uh, leading to uh, essentially a rigging of uh, elections when, when you come down to Election Day because they don't give you the information. You know, it's interesting, uh, Congressman King, you just you raised the Dick Cheney thing. In Georgia, they made a new law that you can move to Georgia and get residency in like 10 minutes. <laughs> it used to be you had to go for six right. months or something, but the liberals want people just to move around from state to state. Uh, yes. And then be able to register to vote, and they don't. They have very few requirements. So, it, you know, three days before the election, all the Sanders are, well, yeah, I'm moving out to uh, Valdosta. It's incredible. <laughs> it's okay. Because in that case, you have to resign as governor, too. But anyway, listen, we, if that's the situation, we can worry about it then. We have to keep an eye on these people in November regarding the election and mail-in ballots and all that stuff. But it will be a pivotal election, no question about it. But, Bill O'Reilly, we are out of time. You are terrific all the time, every single time. BillOReilly.com. The book is Killing the Killers. Trust me, folks, you are going to love this book. You can pre-order it at Bill O'Reilly's uh, website, BillOReilly.com. Bill, thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. Right, guys, thanks thanks you, Bill. The book is out May 3rd, and uh, congratulations to Sid hosting the Oscars. I think that's, <laughs> that's very funny. good. Absolutely right. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Bill O'Reilly on the Bernie and Sid Show with Peter King. We'll be right back. Here in the Bernie and Sigil, leave this up, Luke. Who more than self? Their country loved. Come on, man, goose pimple time. And mercy more than life. What are you talking about?
success Be nobleness And Ever again divine And you know when I was in school We used to sing it something like this Wow yeah. Well, we can't play the whole thing, unfortunately. Uh, the great Stevie Wonder. I, I, I jest. I Ray get Charles. It. I, I, I jest. Of course, it's Ray Charles. I, did you really believe I thought it was Stevie Wonder? I, <laughs> I got three. Everybody's yelling at me, so I have no idea. That's funny. That's funny, Louis. So anyway, you have that. Louis uh, almost had a heart attack in here. My God, he thought he was back with Imus or something. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, again, with Congressman Peter King. We're heard everywhere, by the way, on the 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, takes two minutes. It's a great app. You get Cats at Night. You get Rudy Giuliani. You get Bill O'Reilly. You get Charlie Kirk, Brian Kilmeade, the 77 WABC app. Also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Uh, Congressman King, you've been great all morning uh, in Sid Rosenberg's stead. And uh, uh, you and Bill O'Reilly go out for drinks a lot? or uh, I don't think he drinks. No, actually, uh, Bill and I... Uh uh, we set to dinner several years ago. And I, was, I, I get along with Bill. He just he can be contentious, but uh, I like it. He, he like enjoys it, it back and forth. Yeah, no, I like uh, it a lot. Yeah. Exactly right. And no, uh, listen. I mean, you need guys like Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he is uh, independent. He's smart, and uh, he makes a lot of friends, a lot of enemies. Most of the enemies he makes are bad people. That's true. Uh, well said, Congressman King. Listen, uh, the the NATO summit is going on. The uh, our president, who I often allude to. As the imbecile in chief, maybe I won't do that while he's overseas because it's poor form. But uh, in any case, he's set to speak soon. I don't know what they're coming up with. But uh, the, Joe Biden did say this the other day, which he was uh, was disconcerting uh, Joe Biden talking about a new world order. What? Listen to this. Putin's back against the wall. He wasn't anticipating the extent or strength of our unity. And the more his back is against the wall, the greater the severity of the tactics he may employ. Based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. And as I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential. Okay, so that was the wrong clip. No problem. Uh, he, uh, uh, he's talking about, uh, obviously, about Putin and the war. And it's important. I mean, chemical weapons. By the way, the, the thing with chemical weapons is horrible, horrific. The death is terrible. But if you die from, you know, a missile, a conventional missile, or a chemical weapon, you still die. I don't. I, what's the terrible? You know, I, nuclear weapons. I understand. You have radioactive fallout. It travels across, uh, you know, to different countries. But uh, if you kill somebody with a chemical weapon. However horrible it is, Congressman King, it's still it's just the same as getting shot up by a bunch of bullets and dying, no? I guess uh, when they were putting together the rules of war in the last century, it was felt that chemical weapons were so different, could be so deadly, and could be uh, much more difficult to control as opposed to a, a bomb or a bullet or a rocket. And, uh, and I think it, once you break a rule of war, then it opens up to others. So it's basically, you're right, if you're dead, you're dead. But this was considered to be particularly heinous, particularly uh, egregious. And if you break them, then it just opens it up to more weapons. And that, that's basically it. Uh, Understood. Yeah, that, that's all I, I would say. And I, again, you know, the concept of a new world order scares well, you me know a what, bit. You know what, Congressman King, we have, we have the right clip. Let's listen to okay. Joe Biden, and then I want to ask you about that on yeah. the other side, because it is scary stuff to hear this from these people. Listen to Joe Biden. My mother had an expression, out of everything terrible, something good will come if you look hard enough for it. 
I think this presents us with some significant opportunities to make some real changes. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. Now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. What the hell is he? This is, again, he's a, he's a tool, he's a stooge, he's a puppet, and he's repeating and listening to the, his handlers. Obviously, they have some nefarious designs on this country witness the fact that they won't uh they won't won't re- reverse the keystone pipeline uh executive order in light of the energy supply crisis right now and the rising gas prices and home heating oil and gas prices uh and the fact that they won't allow uh, leases on uh, you know federal lands to to drill for gas etc cetera, etc cetera. they have nefarious plans to, to go as, so far as to talk about a new world order i mean congressman king yeah, my concern there is, first of all, I don't trust these guys with anything. But I think their idea of a new world order is going to be surrendering on issues like the climate, uh, that whole climate control, those, those uh, the terrible agreements they had. Uh, then you, going back into the uh, uh, nuclear agreement with Iran, this whole philosophy that emanated from Barack Obama where we apologize for America's greatness. We apologize for our strength and we try to find a uh, – uh, equanimity, where all you know, everybody agrees on things, and again, whether it's climate change, whether it's uh, uh, nuclear weapons, whatever, the United States should be out. We have to pr- protect our own interests, and it's been shown over the last 80 years that when the U.S. looks out for its interests, that's best for the world. I don't want us surrendering to a European mentality or to uh, any of these uh, climate accord yeah, mentalities. That, that's my concern, or, or to the U.N. And right now, NATO is strong, but again, it's only going to be strong with U.S. leadership. And uh, to me, if you're looking for the best example of what it should be all about, is what Ronald Reagan did, where we were strong and the Soviet empire collapsed. You have to have American leadership. European countries, I use Bosnia before as an example. Bosnia was going on for two, three, four years, death everywhere. Europe could do nothing about it. They said it was uh, unsolvable. Now, you can say what you want about it, but Bill Clinton got involved. It was over in six weeks without any loss of American life. We showed American leadership. And that's what you need is American leadership and not to be caving in, not try to satisfy you know, the woke people of the world. It's just, uh, right. again, all these accords they want to go into, these international agreements where you surrender to the U.N., you surrender to Europe. No, we, we can work with them, but we have to provide the leadership and go by our principles, not by theirs. You're right. Peace through strength and uh, America first, because if you don't put yourself first, you can't help anybody else. We are, as I said with Mr. Katzmatidis the last couple of days, we are our last best hope. If we implode here, if we become, you know, just another middle-of-the-road uh, European-type country, there's nobody coming here to help us. There's nobody coming to, to, to drop supplies and help the United States out. We are, the, we are the beacon of hope for the world. And so when I hear them talk like that, and I know they want to affect that type of change, it really is scary, and that's why... November looms large here in this country, ladies and gentlemen, on all sorts of issues. It's important because the, the, it's, it's deeper and bigger than you think, what the, the designs that these people have on this country and what they want to do, dismantle it, essentially. Yeah, Bernie, they have this idea of these international organizations where we try to have a common denominator. What you end up is something like the U.N. General Assembly, where it's all talk, all talk, no action at all. 
And again, European countries, individually, they can be fine. But the fact is, they can't speak with any real authority. It's only the U.S. We should decide what's right for us and then try to lead the world, uh, the, you know, the rest of the world out our direction. Not, not be treated with uh, handshakes with, you know, with the Paris Accords or having the leaders in Europe saying we're great guys. Listen, Donald Trump stood, stood there. He fought them every step of the way. NATO was stronger when he left than it was when he came in because he stuck it to them and said they had to pay their dues. They had to man up. They couldn't be sitting back just bitching and moaning all the time about the U.S. Absolutely right. I love that, uh, Congressman King. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. We would love to take your calls. In fact, if you want to opine uh, Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump in 2024, please feel Bernie, free. Really put me, yeah, you're putting me in the middle on this. But anyway, what can I tell you? one 800 On a lighter note, Congressman yeah. King, uh, there was the, this has gone viral, this basketball player at the NCAA tournament. Apparently, uh, not apparently, well, uh, uh, so some people are defending him, but uh, he ran off, his team won. What was the team, Lou, do you know? Nobody knows, but either way, it doesn't matter. He was running uh, off the court, booking. and he grabbed the breast of a, a cheerleader, a TCU cheerleader. I don't know what TCU stands for. Texas Christian. Texas, Texas, Texas University. Christian University. Yeah. And he grabbed her breast, and it wasn't any big school that he's from. But uh, it, it seems to me the videotape is unambiguous. And by the way, the New York Post headline was funny. Uh, it said that, uh, you know, this guy's whatever his name is, Benjamin Manchurian, reaches out to a TCU cheerleader, reaches out. That's funny, New York Post. But either way, he ended up, uh, he said he was trying to reach out, trying to call her. This is what this guy said. Take a listen. He actually sent an email trying to reach out to the, to the cheerleader. Reach and, uh, out, he know, said it. Sent, uh, through the uh, TCU uh, athletic department. So I reached out to her, and um, that is it. Yeah, that's what's got you in trouble. You were reaching out in the first place. So, uh, again, they're all taking a look at it now. Congressman King, you saw the videotape. Uh, was it intentional? I mean, it looked like to me he just grabbed their breasts as he was running into the locker room. It seems like it. You wonder if a guy would be that crazy because he, he just did it and kept going. Uh, I don't know, maybe he thought he was high-fiving. I have no idea, but it was wrong. Let's face it, and if it was my daughter or my wife, uh, my sister, I'd be pretty angry about it. Absolutely right. It, it was wrong, and... Uh, Anyway, it's out there. I'm not following the NCAA except for St. Peter's Peacocks. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I, I really don't care. Do you care about March Madness? No, I never got caught up in that. I mean, listen, if there's a team in there maybe that I'm following, like right now it's St. Peter's, I think that's great. That's a small school, a local school, a commuter school. It's a hard scrabble, blue-collar school, Jesuit school. And the fact that they're knocking off these powerhouses like Kentucky, I think is great. But no, I, I think a lot of it's exaggerated. I, I, I never got caught up in the brackets. Uh, I watch college basketball, you know, a little bit. I follow Notre Dame. I, I'll follow exactly. some of the local schools. If you go to the school, you will follow yeah. it, of course. But, but if you don't, uh, like, even college, especially the NBA, uh, I've lost all interest. I won't even, that's not even on my television. I, uh, just go right past that ever since they fell into the hole. Black Lives Matter, anti-cop mentality. Right. I get fed up with them. And then the WNBA, this whole thing with the uh, don't say gay, which is not was never said at all. all. All of that, you get fed up. I'm still hanging on with baseball. They haven't been great, but they haven't been as bad as the NFL and the NBA. I mean, the, the NFL has been a disgrace also. Oh, Roger Goodell is the biggest spineless uh, POS coward in the country. I cannot stand Roger Goodell. Uh, listen, the, the uh, hearings for the Supreme Court Justice, Congressman King, they continue today, but she won't be there. So you won't have uh, 
you won't have the senators, the Republican senators, calling out on various things. But it did get interesting yesterday. It got entertaining, actually, because the rap on her, among other things, she supports uh, Critical Race Theory, 1619 Project, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. But she's soft on crime, and particularly on pedophiles. And uh, yesterday, Lindsey Graham provided an entertaining moment. She was trying to explain herself, and he tried to, well, he interjected and helped her along. Cut six, Lou. In comes the Internet. On the Internet, with one click, you can receive, you can distribute tens of thousands. You can be doing this for 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Cut. Good. I understand. Absolutely that. good. I hope yeah. you are. To do good. Allow her to finish, please. I hope you go Shut to jail up. for 50 years. If you're on the Internet trolling for images please. of children and sexual exploitation. So you don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a that's horrible thing. What- good, good for Lindsey Graham. This went on for about, I don't know, four or five minutes. It was uh, he, he was sometimes he steps up big time. Lindsey Graham, he did at the Brett Kavanaugh hearings when he lectured the yeah. Senate Democrats. I thought that was his Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment. He was terrific on that. Uh, on other things, not so much, but uh, we won't get into that right now, Congressman King. But uh, you say you would not vote to confirm this uh, Judge Judge Brown to the Supreme Court at this point because of the atmosphere, because of the way the Democrats have poisoned the atmosphere, right? Yeah, I, also, I mean, I, again, I would say probably totally disagree with her. I, I, I would generally feel the president was entitled to get his nominee on the uh, Supreme Court if he or she is qualified. But again, because of the way Democrats have changed the rules in uh, you know, uh, recent years, I, I, we, we can't be giving this up. We have, to, we have to fight her as hard as they fought Kavanaugh, as hard as they fought Clarence Thomas, as hard as they fought Bork. We just have, have to do it. And, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think what it is, again, you know, people can have a debate on whether a sentence should be strong or lighter or whatever. But the fact is, I doubt she would ever have that discussion if it came to a white supremacist, if it ever came to someone involved in a racial crime. I don't think she'd be so generous and so thoughtful and say, hey, we have to look at both sides of this. We really want this guy to spend all his time in jail. So it's they're very selective when they're coming to being uh, open-minded and considerate. So well, that is it. And she seems to have more concern or more thoughtfulness for a person who's looking at uh, you know, pedophile-type uh, videos than she you know, would be for other things. So that, that, to me, is the point Lindsey was making. And, again, Lindsey Graham is, is a good guy. I got to know him in the Congress. He's an easy, easy guy to get along with, and he is, a, he is a tough fight. And you're right, though. What he did in the Kavanaugh, that should go down among the all-time great speeches in Congress. And on the other side, you have, uh, from the state of New Jersey, you have this Cory Booker. Oh. This is going to be cut, too. The smarmy Cory Booker. I am Spartacus. Remember that nonsense from yes. the uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, yes. hearings? Uh, this was him yesterday uh, just, just, just like slobbering over uh, Katani, uh, Katanji Brown. Listen to Cory Booker. When I look at you, this is why I get emotional. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're a person that is so much more than your race and gender. You're a Christian. You're a mom. You're a... You're, you're an intellect, you love books, but for me, I'm sorry, I, I, it's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not this? to see my, wow. my cousins, one of them who had to come here and sit <clears throat> behind you. She had, to be, she had to have your back. I see my ancestors and yours. 
Uh, just shut up with the uh, the histrionics, really. You know, Lindsey Graham brought out yesterday, the Republicans, uh, back during the Bush years, uh, there was a nominee who happened to be an extremely qualified African-American woman who would have gone like to the second highest court in the country. Yes. And the Democrats wouldn't even allow her to come to a vote. They went out of their way to block her. And nobody was saying, Republicans weren't saying, hey, we picked her because she's an African-American woman. She was picked on the merit. She is African-American. She is a woman. She was incredibly qualified. And the Democrats wouldn't even allow her to come to a vote. Now, that's something Cory Booker should be crying about. You know what, uh, Congressman King? This is cut nine, Lou. I know we're late in this segment, but cut nine. Your, your, your man, Lindsey Graham, pointed just that out. Listen to uh, Cut 9, Lindsey Graham, Louie, please. There are two standards going on here. If you're an African-American conservative woman, you're fair game to have your life turned upside down, to be filibustered no matter how qualified you are. And if you express your faith as a conservative, all of a sudden you're an effing nut. And we're tired of it. And it's not going to happen to you. But it just appalls me that we can have such a system in America. Well, exactly right. And that's what he was re- referring to, uh, the nominee in 2003 oh, sorry, or 4. You know, going back to Clarence Thomas, African-American born, in, born and raised in abject poverty. Yes. And he goes, uh, again, tremendous academic record, outstanding uh, judge, totally qualified for the U.S. Supreme Court. And to this day, he's belittled and demeaned by by liberals, by progressives, by these phony hypocrites, and 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 blacks, they call them uh, yeah. unspeakable names. Uh, Clarence Thomas, he is uh, uh, that was definitely what he characterized it as a high tech lynching of a, a black man from hard scrabble beginnings, as you point out, Congressman King. One eight hundred, really, really dirt poor, literally dirt. I read his autobiography, yeah. and and he his parent, it was his grandfather who essentially raised him, his grandfather. Yep. Because he was bandied about all over the place. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show with Congressman Peter King. There he is now. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Let's go straight to the uh, phone line. Uh, Ann is in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Good morning, Ann. Hello. How you doing, Bernie? I could be I'm worse. Thank free, you. I'm in the free state of, of Florida, and, and I love Ron DeSantis. I envy you. Uh, yes, I'm, indeed. I'm, a, I'm a, a, actually grew up in New York, grew up in Rockland County. Say hello to um, Congressman Peter King, Ann, please. Hey, Ann. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Hello, uh, uh, Congressman King. Um, I just wanted to emphasize that I did see... Uh, part of that hearing involving involving the, uh, Judge Brown, and I was outraged by, at her disingenuous response to a, a lot of the questions, especially in regards to her not being able to define what woman is when uh, Senator uh, Blackburn asked that question. Right. I mean, meanwhile, had- meanwhile, she was appointed uh, because she's a woman, and she can't define what a woman is. I am not a biologist. Well, I'm not a baker, but I can tell you a, 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 the difference between a crawler and a, a jelly donut, just like I can tell the difference between a man and a woman. I mean, come on. That is, was insulting, highly insulting. You're right, Ann. Also, the fact that Joe Biden said he picked her because she was a woman. I mean, that's... Uh, exactly. You know, I mean, how, how can you... God. Yeah. Uh, so, and and, and also, also you, know, you know, Title IX, which women always talk about, open the door to them in sports. How do you define now? How do you qualify under, under Title IX? If you don't know if you're a woman or not. 
Exactly. I don't understand. I don't understand any of that, and I don't understand why she she had, gave such low sentences to to child molesters and, and pedophilia. That's disgraceful. Isn't that bizarre, though? That, that particularly uh, pedophiles that she way under uh, sentenced these people consistently. There was a pattern. I mean, a hundred percent of the time. It really is bizarre that she did that. No, uh, I think uh, it helped the Republicans. Uh, the, by exposing her in the November elections because there's such a uh, sentiment out there uh, about, you know, how the lenient judges, prosecutors, no-cash bail laws all across the country, especially here in New York, that uh, it's, it's sort of a, uh, you know, a lawlessness out there that people are revolting against, and that's going to be a big la- backlash in November, and this feeds into the backlash, I think, at the very least, and thank you for the call. Let's go to Reuben in Orange County. Good morning, Reuben. Hey, how are you? By the way, Congressman King, how are you? There's Reuben Estrada. We've met several times. Oh, sure. How are you, Reuben? Good to talk to you. Okay, pretty good. Good to see good hearing from you, too, on, on radio, at least. Um, let me just say that the revealing of folks is, is so bad, and it's, it's so outrageous. I, I was born and raised in East Harlem. You know that, Bernie? We've talked before when Curtis was on sure. years ago. Um, born and raised in Spanish Harlem, 14 years old, decided I was a conservative because I saw what was going on. I just can't take the, the negativity, the, the, the anti-American sentiment that's, that's ravaging this country. It's too much. And then there's no morals with it. The morals are gone. The, the, the God is gone uh, everywhere. They're taking them out of, out of everywhere. And and we're just in shambles, and I don't know if it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen, but who knows? You know, when you start thinking about religion, you start thinking about also faith, you say, well, maybe it's coming. Maybe it's going to happen, because this is, like, uh, unspeakable. And I, I think that that woman should not be confirmed. I believe we should push back, and we got to learn as Republican conservatives to push back hard all the time. We cannot let this country go. No, and I, I think November is going to be a turning point. It's going to be pivotal, no, no doubt. If not November, then when? It's got to be now because we've reached critical mass, Ruben. You're right about that. On all, all fronts, all ki- kinds of uh, areas, we've reached critical mass with these, with these woke uh, lunatics who hate this country. It really is disgusting. People have woken up, I think. Speaking of being woke, I think right. there's been, been a great awakening and epiphany among the electorate, and I think we're going to witness that in November. Right, Congressman King? Yeah, we have to keep our act together. And I say act. We have to keep our, our forces together. We have to stay strong, and we've got to be united. We've got to win this and get the House and Senate back. Then that's how you control the investigations. That's how you control the legislative agenda, and that's how we're going to look into Hunter Biden's laptop and all the other issues that are out there. No doubt. Listen, Lori is in Harlem. Last caller we'll take right here. We also need a caller for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222 to play Beat Bernie, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. Lori in Harlem, good morning to you. Good morning there, Bernie. You sound great. I'm glad you're back. I know we're pressed for time, but I just want to say I have personal evidence that the tide is turning. Three different women in my life that I know in the age, three different age groups. My 87-year-old aunt, she says that uh, people, and you know my feelings about what's going on, so you know you guys, you in Hollywood, Sid, know me. So oh, yeah. she believes that people are con- confused Donald Trump's racism. He was a patriot, and she believes, 
And she was a, a woman raised in the South, always a Democrat. All these women that I know are Democrats, but they are seeing things differently. She says people confuse Donald Trump's uh, patriotism, and they want to uh, identify it as racism. My A good BFF I grew up with, she's really, she wanted to retire early. She lives down in the state of Maryland. Now she's going to have to wait a couple more years because of all the prices, the gas, her taxes on her home. Everything is just going through the roof. Uh, and I, she's one of these starch Democrat women. You can never say anything bad about 44, and you know who I'm referring to. Oh, sure. Barack. She says. She will vote for the other side the first chance she gets. She's tired of what's going on and all the nonsense in the media. And then lastly, this is the best one of all, a millennial, my millennial cousin who's 24, lives in the state of California. She says that with all this stuff going on, they're making it very easy for a Donald Trump run in 2024. So that's three different age groups. Three different women. I believe the tides are turning. I like it, Lori. I like it a lot. A, yes. a hopeful, thank optimistic you. note. Lori from Holland, thank you. Always a great caller, a great call That's right great. there. Yeah. Uh, keep hope alive is what I'm saying. And, uh, Congressman King, I think we're going to witness that again in November. Again, beat Bernie, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Indeed, it is time to beat Bernie. It is that time of the day again where uh, we take a contestant. I'm your host, Justin Ellick, hosting the game for you today. We'll, uh, we'll be taking Brian in San Francisco. He's going to give it his best shot today to beat Bernie at what Bernie is best at, and that is retaining very, very smart guy kind of information. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, I've never met anybody that says that says that can retain the type of information that Bernie can. Uh, Let to me be honest, write that down. Smart guy. Write that down. Smart I've never met anyone more eloquent than you, Justin. Well, listen, I mean, you know, it, it, it takes time for me, especially on part of that's from being a Lou Ruffino. Just it, it sort of became, yeah. Information. Thank you, Congressman. So it's by osmosis from Lou to Imus to uh, Bernie. Listen, and now that, Justin's coming. Right. Along. I mean, that, that's why Lou Ruffino sits there to make sure that I don't bring up stupid phrases like smart guy information. Because you were tired of sitting here. That's basically why. Exactly. That blazer's getting the best of you. And yeah. historically, Lou would never allow anything stupid to go on. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Let's bring in Brian from San Francisco. Uh, what's going on, Brian? Hey, good morning. I'm hoping to get uh, the smart guy, information guy, uh, belt, <laughs> yeah. world champion belt. <laughs> well, we'll see how you do. Uh, Bernie's been uh, on fire this week. So, um, you know, uh, listen, I, I think you're probably a pretty smart guy, but I think your chances are um, not great. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> All right. That's keeping the spirit up. <laughs> yeah, here we go. And Brian has dropped the line. We're going <laughs> to need a new contestant. I'm just kidding. Brian, all right, you ready to get into it? <laughs> Yes, sir. All right, let's go. Here we go. Number one, after the Second Battle of Bull Run, General McClellan reorganized the Union Army, which was then called the Army of what river? Oof. No idea. No idea. Give me a guess. Uh, the Bull Run River. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. I'm not sure. Is that a river? That's not a river, no. <laughs> Not smart guy info either. Yeah, listen, I don't have the smart guy info. 
I'm just reading it off the sheet. Hey, so. uh, a guy named Rivers gets a, a question about a river wrong. That's well, uh, the correct answer is the Potomac. So, oh, geez. Well, now you know. Listen, the next trivia game you play live on the radio, you'll get that one right. All right, let's go. Number two, here we go. Brian, which New York State Attorney General resigned just hours after the New Yorker published an article detailing allegations of physical abuse against women? That would be the uh, pantyhose-wearing Elliot Spitzer. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. I thought you were going to give me the right answer there. You sounded confident going into it. But uh, no, the, the correct answer is Eric Schneiderman. You're learning a lot today. No right? idea who that who that even is. Well, you know. <laughs> well, now you know. See, th- this is why we play the game. All right, on to number three. Let's let, let's let's. I think he's coming home late tonight. I mean, this is. Uh, here we go. We'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. We're only two questions in, Brian. I do live in California for the last nine years. That's true. That's true. All right, you ready for number three? Let's try and get this one right. Here we go. During let's do it. during World War One, people who worked with TNT commonly suffered. From toxic jaundice? From toxic jaundice. Luke, Luke Legrano, give me the thumbs up on that pronunciation. Oh, way to throw him under the bus, too. Good, good, good job by me. Good job by me. Suffered, uh, all right, here we, here we go. I'll start the question over for you, Brian. During World War One, people who worked with TNT commonly suffered from toxic jaundice, causing their skin to turn what color? That would be yellow. Very good. Very, very good. One for three thus far. Let's try and get to 500. Number four, which of these New York City museums opened first? Was it A, the Museum of Modern Art? Was it B, the Guggenheim Museum? Or was it C, Merchant's House Museum? Oh, good Lord. I'd have to say Merchant's House Museum. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. Nope. Because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Unfortunately, you are wrong, but Jesus. The correct answer is A, the Museum of, Mo- of Modern Art. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number five. You're still uh, one, one for four thus far. So we can go two hey, for five. I'm providing great contacts for my friends and family. There the you go. The there you go. And listen, you're, you're milking all this airtime out of me. So, uh, you know, you're, you're doing a good, good, good job in that regard. <laughs> Here we go. Number five. Passing away in 1862, which president's death is the only one not recognized in Washington, D.C. because he was buried with a, conf- uh, a Confederate flag draped over his coffin? <sighs> if you need it, I have a hint for you. If you need it. Sure, what's the hint? He was the 10th president of this great country. 10th president? Is that right? Really? Well, that's what the sheet says. Oh. Again, I'm not the smart guy information guy. Oh, oh I didn't see that. That's <laughs> uh, what my sheet says. Here we I'm go, here we go, Brian. Here we go, Jackson, TikTok. Jackson, by chance? Jackson? Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. Incorrect. Well, that was uh, the correct answer is John Tyler, and um, that was a really that was an impeccable one for five showing out of you, Brian. Uh, listen, hey, the game was not easy. But yeah, the game was not easy today. Yeah, that was tough. God. Yeah, I mean, even I got I got former I got a former congressman to my left here, and he's even saying the game Shaking was tough. Shaking his head, yeah. Shaking his head. Congressman King, we have a, we have a mutual friend. Michael Cushing is a fraternity brother and great friend of mine. A great guy, terrific guy. Tell him I said hello. Will do. Cortland State grad. Bernie loves Cortland State grads. Hey now. All right, Brian, we'll have you hang out on hold, and then uh, when Bernie's done his turn, uh, presumably, uh, you know, whooping your whooping your butt, then uh, we'll bring you back. You'll uh, get a moment to chat with the great Bernard, okay? 
Sounds good. Thanks. All right. We got Bernie back. I am black right here. Uh, Justin, good morning. What's good, my man? What's up, yo? All right. Uh, Brian is in San Francisco, listening to us all the way out on the on the West Coast. Wow, on the 77 WABC app. How do you like that? It's got to be because you plug it. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, he went one for five. Not a great showing. But uh, listen, you know, the questions are tough today. So if you get two right, you are the champ. Good luck. I like what I hear. Thank you. All right, let's dive right in. Here we go. Number one. After the Second Battle of Bull Run, General McClellan reorganized the Union Army, which was then called the Army of what river? The Potomac. That one wasn't getting past Bernard. This isn't going to go No, fast. it's not going to go well for Bernard. <laughs> it's not going to go well for <laughs> All right, Bernard. One for one, on to number two. Which New York State Attorney General resigned just hours after the New Yorker published an article detailing allegations of physical abuse against women? Uh, physical abuse. This is a trick question, but uh, this is uh, his name was Schneider, Ooh. right? Wasn't it uh, Schneider? Oh, that's very close. You're, you're we, we right do. there, Bernie. Schneider. Schneider. Mm. No, De- Luke says no. It, All right, mm-hmm. who, who was it? Wrong. You two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Eric Schneider, man. Ay, ay, ay. Which, you know, who knows if he goes by Eric Schneider, woman these days. You, know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, we should drop the man and uh, give me give me credit for the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, listen, I, I didn't get it right, and that's uh, that's the way it is. Well, listen, I, I think you'll, uh, you'll you'll get one of these next three right. So okay. um, I would I would feel pretty good about yourself. Here we go, number three. During World War One, people who worked with TNT commonly suffered from toxic jaundice, causing their skin to turn what color? Yellow. Yellow. I guess uh, Lou Rufino thought you, thought you said blue or green or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was in La La Land. Maybe, maybe he has joined us. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. Rufino man. <laughs> two for three, Bernard, has won the game today, but let's see if he can go uh, four for five on these last two. Here we go, Bernard. Number four, which of these New York City museum, museums excuse me, opened first? Was it A, the Museum of Modern Art? Was it B, the Guggenheim Museum? Or was it C, Merchant's House Museum? Uh, I'd go with the Merchant's House Museum. Brian, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Brian made the same guess. But it was A, the Museum of Modern Art. Wow. Which opened in uh, 1929. Good Lord. Well, how did I not know that? Well, I mean, listen, are you an art novice? Uh, A novice? Uh, Yeah, I'm a novice in in that I don't know anything about art. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, uh, but either way, whatever. Okay, next question. Here we go, number five. Passing away in 1862, which president's death is the only one not recognized in Washington, D.C., because he was buried with a Confederate flag draped over his coffin? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Would that be Andrew Jackson? Ooh. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. John Tyler is the correct answer. John Tyler, that... SOB. But nonetheless, Bernard is victorious in today's game. Uh, I think he only beat Brian by one, two for five. But, hey, uh, a, win, a win is a win, bro. A win is a win is a win. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, brother. So we got Brian in San Francisco. Brian, say hello to the great Bernard McGurk. Hey, how, how you doing, Brian? Mr. McGurk, Cortland State grad here. Great to talk to you. Hey. And uh, since long in the Iowa State. Well, thank you uh, very much. That's where my daughter went to school is uh, Cortland. Yeah. It is a great school, yeah. especially for uh, athletes. She played uh, volleyball. Uh, were you ath- athletic yourself? I got cut as a freshman basketball player. So San Francisco, how the hell did you make your way out to that 
hellhole right now. And it's so a formerly <laughs> beautiful city, but so so I moved out here for uh, for a job actually in the wine and spirits industry through a friend. I'll give him a shout out. I was a big fan as well, Matt Jackson, and uh, I've been stuck out here ever since. But looking to to get out and and get to Florida on a transfer, hopefully sooner sooner than later. But until then, I'll just you know stop paying rent and pitch a tent on the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean, going from New York to San Francisco is like going from, I don't know, Rwanda to Ukraine right now or something like that. But uh, either yeah, way. But Bernie, as you know, Bernie, it's, 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 it's just as bad in New York as it is here. Well, that's what it's like. Exactly. As, 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 as the great one once said, it's sick and getting sicker every day. Bob Grant. Yeah, no, it is, uh, it is crazy. Hopefully uh, there'll be a turnaround as we talked about the awakening, all that stuff. Well, listen, thanks for the call. Thanks for playing, and uh, thanks, thanks for Bernie. listening. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my it was man. great talking to you. Thanks for, uh, well, for, I'm all sorry. The, uh, for the great contact over the years. You know, here's the thing. I forget your first name. Brian. Brian from San Francisco. Listen, Brian, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again. 1-800-848-9222 is the number. I'm here with Congressman Peter King. We're going to close out the show right after this. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, two things. One, there's uh, Cindy Adams has a great column talking about the Bernie and Sid Show, and especially Sid Rosenberg. Uh, so check that out in the New York Post, Cindy Adams' column. And Congressman Peter King, I have great news. Actually, there's some movement. It's kind of good news, I guess. And that is that SUNY Brockport has now switched that uh, April 6th uh, the date that they have with the cop killer to speak at the college. Right, right. It's now going to be virtual out of security concerns. So somebody's listening. Somebody's paying attention. That is great. That is terrific news. And if I could just give a shout-out to my good friend Joe and Gino. He's a hero veteran. He's fighting bladder cancer. He's doing a great job. He's a guy from Lindenhurst, a true American hero. Absolutely. Uh, listen, uh, you, uh, you could be, you've you been great all morning long. I, I, I want to do a shout-out to my good friend uh, Brian Costello, retired NYPD detective. You couldn't have a better friend. I, I swear to God, I, I can't say enough about this guy. A true... What the, what the NYPD represents, this guy goes above and beyond. Uh, he's just a, a terrific guy, Brian Costello. He's a, like an angel to me. I just want to mention that. Wow, but in any case, uh, yeah, that's good news about SUNY Brockport. Absolutely. By the way, the person who runs it, her name is Heidi McPherson. Heidi McPherson. So if you want to give uh, Heidi a bit of your mind, contact SUNY Brockport and Heidi McPherson. Apparently she's the one calling the shots. Uh, they're going to try it both ways. You're going to put them on uh, uh, virtual, and that, you know, they can blame it on guys like us for creating agitation against them. The fact is, we've won this battle. They've lost. Thank God. Up the men in blue. Up the men in blue, indeed. Congressman Peter King, you've been great today. Great, uh, as always. I uh, love having you. love working with you. It's an honor to work with uh, you. My privilege, Bernie. Believe me. Thank you very much on the Bernie and Sid Show. We'll see you tomorrow, folks, on 77 WABC. Let's go, Brandon. You got it, Bernie. It was raining hard. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 